Artu, where are you? Oh, there you are. Well, if you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase letter. It's your Christmas present. Listening to Entertainment Landfill, film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Proceed with caution. Listen at your own risk.
here. It's Entertainment Landfill. I am the Jaystrom. Happy holidays. There's a war on Christmas going, guys, and we're losing. <laughs> guys, I'm here in the Mulberry Studios, and it's Christmas time. And what does that mean? It's also time for Star Wars, because we got another Star Wars movie in December, and that's awesome. It's called The Last Jedi. And I'm not just going to talk about it myself, just me, just like, oh, I write Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <you> <laughs> I'm going to have company. First there, Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. Hey, what's happening? Hello, Stephen. Hello, Jason. Are you having a Merry Christmas? I'm having a lovely Christmas. Do you realize this Christmas Eve is a week from now? Does yes. Have you done any shopping yet? Yes, a little. Oh, that's good. Very uh, little. My shopping now consists of Amazon. Just going on Amazon. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. I, we, I, I, I drew my sister-in-law's name. Future oh. sister-in-law's name. So, oh, nice. So I Amazoned it and got it yesterday. Excellent. You know, Stephen, it's not just you and I. We also have here Mulberry Bill, the Mulberry Historian. Hey, Bill. Hey. It truly is a Christmas wonderland. We're here with Stephen, Bill, me, and we're here to talk about Star Wars. Are you excited, Bill? I'm so excited. Have you done any Christmas shopping at all? I can't afford a Christmas shop. (laughs) When you do any Christmas shopping, is it on Amazon also? Yes. Oh, you're in... By the way, I want to just tell everyone, Bill is now in New York. You're living in New York. I am living in Brooklyn, New York City. Have you gone to FAO Schwartz during Christmas time? It is. It closed a few years ago. <laughs> so, wait, is that the place from Big where he walked on it the keyboard? Oh my yeah. god, that sucks. Yeah, it closed. And it was funny. My friend came out to visit, and she goes, "Man, I want to go to um, uh, what is it? Somebody's toy box. I guess that's what they called it in Home Alone too." Uh-huh. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "You know, Fao Schwartz." And I was like, "Oh, that closed like four years ago." That is so sad. Yeah, it really is sad. Have you it's, gone it, to like Rockefeller Center or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, well, like the other day I had to uh like I I go places because I'm forced to go there mm-hmm. due to like subway um diversions, like if something <laughs> isn't working or if there's like a track shut down or if there's a bombing on my way to oh, work. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've walked past it. I've walked past the Rainbow Room. I've walked past um, Rockefeller Center. Last night, we went to see Star Wars at the Dolby Cinema in Times Square. So we good walked co- past like the ball where the ball drops. And <sighs> Was that theater uh, good, by the way? I figure a New York theater's got to be really good. Um, No. Oh, I won't be going back. I actually like the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn much better. Holy shit, um, that sucks. Yeah, the um the Dolby the the seats were like the lumbar support was concave. Mm. Um the um That's like broken think, lumbar support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um my um LG OLED uh, that I got. Well, I guess that's my Christmas present to myself. So yes, I've yeah. done Christmas presents. You got shopping. an OLED with yeah. inky yeah. blacks. Yes, with inky blacks. It's nice. a beautiful. Uh, it has actually better color than the um, 
the Dolby Vision Theater presentation. I was like, man, wow. mine mine looks better than that. Like I was mm-hmm. so. I mean, it was it was fine. I was glad we saw it. We you know it was that's the way I would want to see it. But the theater itself sucked. Um, everything I'm hearing is that theater wise. If you want to go to a theater that you're going to actually be able to enjoy the movie because they will throw you out at the drop of a hat is Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Um, or uh, the Regal Ewok, which is directly across from the AMC the in Times Regal Square. Ewok. Yeah, E W A L K. It would have oh, been cool. Ewok. Okay. Yeah, Ewok. <laughs> um, but uh, but it uh, it has uh, 4DX. Uh, in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that you were talking about that on Twitter. 4DX sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, but I, I, from what I uh, from what I understand, 4DX isn't like 4K. It's just like a real 3D cinema with a seat. It's like moves. a rumbler, seat rumbler, right? Oh yeah, it's the, like a, yeah. but that's what D box. Yeah, but that's what Dol- Yeah, D, but that's what Dolby Cinema is. Dol- Dolby Cinema has the transducers in the seats, so I don't I don't know what the difference is. I just know that. The tickets, either way, are still twenty-five to thirty dollars a piece. So, are you guys a fan of the D box shaking chairs, or does it? Get I've only old? done it once. I did it for Interstellar a couple of years ago. Is it cool? Or are you and just like, okay, I'm good. It, it, it's it's it great gets to old. do once. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would say once, and it, you don't want to see every movie like that. No, it, it has to be. You tell me, Bill. It's like something that actually is going to have uh, rumbling to it. If you want that kind of feature. But it also gets it gets old. Like if you're seeing a film that's two and a half, three hours long, you know it's great for like ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. But but past that, it starts to get a little irritating. I liked like, uh, I liked in Interstellar when you hit zero gravity, and the seat just kind of pivoted, kind of. Oh, cool! Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. does a subtle movement. Yeah, kinda? very yeah. subtle. Like like at the if you go left and you know just just kind of there was nothing to it you, it was no rhyme or reason because it's just like you're floating now, yeah bill i know you've been really busy is this the first movie you've seen in a while um in the theater what, uh, i went to alamo draft house and saw um blade runner 2049 oh okay That's still been um, a while though yeah that was the last movie i actually was able to see and that Did was you- again because um my hours are ridiculous. I, we get like a little window on the weekends where we get to choose something and we go at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we saw, I, Alamo draft house is beautiful. The seats, I'm not a huge fan of the seats. They don't recline. Yeah. The, um, the legs, the legs don't come up. Um, and the table, because it's a newer one, I know there are older Alamo draft houses that have like that, like, uh, almost stadium table in front of them. Yeah. But the newer ones have these tables that are attached to the seat. So you actually have to like maneuver and slide your ass into the seat. So, and if you are of any girth or length, you are going to have a bitch of a time standing up <laughs> or sitting down and also alamo draft house has no 3d whatsoever no 3d it's 2d they um it's 2d 
and they also, but it's nice because sometimes they have the 35 millimeter presentations, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they're capable of 70 millimeter. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a lovely, it's a lovely theater. I mean, it's in a beautiful spot in um, Brooklyn that has, it's like this Century 21 building where it's like on like the fourth floor. So you have to go up either an elevator or multiple escalators past like a target on one level and then uh, some other things. Wow. And then you get to the top floor. Uh, the the AMC that we went to last night was the same. It was like these continuous escalators. Like I was like, what? Where the hell? Where are these cinema? What in the world? Like it was so weird. I would love to see this, the building schematics of – how the cinemas are actually arranged in these huge buildings, uh, and it, it, it was is a beautiful old building, but you know it's it, it's I have yet to really experience a top notch theater in New York. Mm. Like I'm I'm waiting. There's got to be some place that like it's other than private awesome. screening rooms. Like I have a friend who. Um, went to a private Pixar family screening of Coco and I'm sure, and I'm sure that screening room is gorgeous. Yeah. But I mean, it's like the private screening room. So I got to find the hookup there. I got to get into those. You know, what's funny is I saw, uh, I saw the last Jedi on Thursday night on a school night. You know, I got to get Emma up to go to school the next day Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, bought the tickets, what was it like a month ago Two when they months, showed the trailer so. during football and you can, you know, they go on sale tonight and I was like, what the hell? I'm going to order them. And I was like, Ooh, I got to see them on Thursday. I don't know if you guys remember, but the force awakens, you know, you could see it on Thursday and then it opened on Friday. And I believe you saw it on a Thursday, the force awakens bill on a Thursday. Yeah, night. I did. I did. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, I want to do that. But, um, we got home about one and I had to get up. My alarm goes off at five forty AM. I didn't fall asleep mm-hmm. till about two. So then when my alarm uh, woke me up, I was like, no, <laughs> like I've gotten three hours of sleep. No. And then I had to get Emma up and I was very apologetic. I'm so sorry. And she's like, Oh, it's okay. We got to see star Wars last night. That's fine. And I can't uh, even, I couldn't, I knew I couldn't swing it. I knew for a fact that, you know, not, not only was there no tickets, there's just nowhere. I just knew that I couldn't. I couldn't do the the late showing and then wake up and go to work at five in the morning. Yeah, I, in hindsight, I you know I went most of the Friday with no, you know I had no sleep and then we were going again at ten forty five at night. I was just like, yeah, I probably won't do this again. <laughs> you know, I'll just wait till Friday because I feel like shit all day. Uh, yeah, but it was. Did you buy? Did you buy tickets for that Friday? Yes, yeah, yeah. I on the same night a month ago when the tickets went on sale, I bought Thursday night and Friday night at the same time. Okay, were you able to get a refund on them? No, I went. Oh, I went. you went? I thought you said you didn't go. No, I went on Thursday and Friday. What's funny is oh, Emma, wow. she had school, then she had uh, school got out early, and then she had rehearsal all day because she's in this one-act play. And then they have like the theater night where they all watch a movie together and stuff. And then we were supposed to go see The Last Jedi <laughs> again at 1045. And Emma was like, I'm too tired. I don't want to go. I, I'm sorry. I just want to sleep. And I go, I know, I know. But 
What if I, you know, they in the lobby of the theater, they have like Star Wars blankets and stuff you can get to watch, oh, nice. you know, cuddle up in. And I go, take your earbuds, uh, take, uh, we're going to get you that blanket. And then you just cuddle up and sleep. And she's like, oh, okay. And, That's awesome. And she did sleep through probably the middle part of the movie. At one point I could hear it kind of on. <laughs> like a little snore. That's adorable. It was really cute. And then she woke up in time for the the last act of the movie. But I nice. felt really bad, and I go, a month ago, this seemed like a great idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about what we'd be doing or that you had school the next day or anything like that. I was just like, yeah. Star Wars. That's why I was like, that's I was conservative whenever I, I knew I was going to be in New York. I didn't know if I would be working. I didn't know uh, what where I would be. Like I did, we didn't have a. We were staying with friends in Brooklyn Heights, which is very close to uh, the Brooklyn Bridge and the mm-hmm. Manhattan Bridge. So it's yeah, a you quick did, jump didn't over you have tickets for Ohio at one point or something? No, I never bought tickets in Ohio. Oh, okay, that's good. I knew, yeah, I knew that I was no way in hell I was going to be in Ohio. So I just, I was like looking. I was like, well, you know, if I can't get 3D, I I'll take Dolby Cinema. So we bought the two, it was $50, got the two tickets to this showing, and I, it's, I was kicking myself the entire time, but then I was like, well, thank God, you know, I got a Saturday, because there's no way I would have been able to do a Thursday or a Friday. I do have to say one thing, though. I I was pretty good, I mean, yes, I did watch The Last Jedi trailers when they came out, but I stayed very spoiler-free. I... uh Ignored the internet once I knew the people were screening the movie. They were getting to see it. The right. premiere came out and stuff. Mm. Uh, I avoided it too. I only saw yeah. I didn't two trailers. I didn't read inter- I didn't read reviews or anything. I even saw you know Drew McQueenie said here's my review and I was like no nope, not reading it. I don't even want to know if people think it's good bad whatever. I don't even want to clue in on anything i just want to go in fresh and i i succeeded you know yeah i did too i was very in fact when i was standing uh at the spot to go in and people were coming out and they were talking so i just started humming i was like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) yeah talking yeah so and i vader's dad we yeah, I do that. We already do that. <laughs> so luckily, I I went in for the first. I mean, I didn't even go into the Force Awakens um, completely spoiler free. Mm-hmm. Like this one, I did, and I don't know. I honestly, I think if it wasn't for just working constantly, I probably would have had the shit spoiled out of this one for me. Yeah. So like, uh, I, why don't we? Get I can't into resist it. it. I can't resist it. I never yeah. could. I, first of all, I want to say this, you know, like we, you know, we see, uh, we're fans of movies, which is pretty stupid to say, uh, we like Marvel movies, you know, Blade Runner, we saw all this, but Star Wars is different. And this, this is, uh, you know, I'm speaking for myself, but I know you guys are two huge Star Wars fans where it's not just a movie. It's like an event kind of thing. Uh, Star Wars is very important to us. Am I right? Yeah. It means a lot. And one thing that I've been guilty of doing in the past, especially with the prequels, is I think about what's what I'm going to see. And I even imagine sequences that might not happen. And they're not going to happen. I'm not, you know, I'm not psychic, but I try to, like, dream and fantasize about what's going <laughs> to happen in the movie. With the Star Wars movie? Yeah. 
And I've made myself not do that this time. Like, no, just go see the movie. Let the movie come to me, you know, Mm -hmm. which is my mantra. And don't even try to guess what the plot of this film is. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. This is uh, episode eight, uh, The Last Jedi, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. And right away, the opening crawl. And we have this uh, awesome sequence with Poe Dameron attacking. What was that thing called? Not the dreadnought. The, the dreadnought. Yeah. I was going to say the juggernaut. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's the the dreadnought, bitch. <laughs> this huge ship, and there were several times in this movie where my jaw was like open. You know, it's like whoa, you know, like that. But that whole opening sequence, we saw some things in a. Space battle we haven't seen before. I love the use of slow-mo. Yeah. Which was a great effect. Uh, the bombers. The uh, bombers were just spectacular. Like I awesome. And it was so and it was so well done in the the interior of the bombers was so reminiscent of like like U-boat film, you know, like old submarine films, or yeah. or like old World World War Two footage, big bomber planes that had them all, yeah, racks of bombs. And yeah, another I was thing even... is, I don't know if you guys got this, but I was like, whoa, this is picking up right where Rogue One and the sacrifice that they make, because you know, Rogue yeah. One, we had all those deaths, and right away we were seeing a lot of resistance people all being killed. Yeah, right. just one after another, just completely just... wiped out. And there's this great line where he goes, "A lot of heroes died today, or a lot of we had a lot of heroes today." And Leia goes, "Dead heroes," because uh, she wants to keep these people alive, and he's just like, "We need to take out this dreadnought." And what did you think of the moment with the uh, Hux, where he was like threatening him, "You will not surrender. You will all die." And I like, was honestly blown away. I was just like, I I knew. I, I don't think I'm ever prepared for the humor in Star Wars. Like, it's there. We know it's there. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this one, it just, like, struck me. Like, I was just fl- just flummoxed. Like, I, I, I was cracking up. Like, and I felt, I felt wrong. And then I kind of eased into it. Yeah, I love that where he's like, hello? Uh, hello, is anybody there? <laughs> oh, I'll, yeah, I'll hold. I'll hold for Hux. Waiting for Hux, kind of pasty looking. <laughs> uh, that was good. And he's like, "Sir, I think he's toying with you." <laughs> and I loved. I loved how Hux has progressed from you know pasty young to now. It's like he's got the sunken eyes. They're almost going the Tarkin mm-hmm. on him. Like you could see there was like he, you know, in, in the force awakens, he was fresh faced in this yeah. one, his, his face was sunken. His eyes were bloodshot. It Did was... you love the moment where after the dreadnought blows up and the resistance gets away, uh, they're like, sir, uh, Snoke wants to speak with you. And he goes, I'll take it in my quarters because you know, it's yeah. like, I'm not going to be humiliated in front of all you people. And all of a sudden his face just appears and he slams them on the ground. And he, that drags, was great. Drags him around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the 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 power of Snoke was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen we haven't seen that level. I don't even think we ever saw that level of power from the from the emperor. 
No, like I, that, we just that like Darth reach. Vader choke guys on the calm, not like yeah. throw them around and the, stuff. And the lightning force from the Emperor. Yeah, but yeah. never like in hologram form, you know? Oh, yeah. Across, across distance? Yeah, just just Darth Vader doing the choke or, you know, he might pick you up too, like, or whatever. But um, what did you think about this whole development of tracking them through light speed? I I thought that was brilliant. Like I mean, what a what what a brilliant plot device that no one had ever really thought about before. It kind you know, of reminded always... me. Oh, I'm sorry. It kind of reminded me of that Battlestar Galactica episode where every 33 seconds they would FTL jump and then the silence would find them again. But you know they didn't quite do that. But they said if we make another jump to light speed, we're going to use up all our fuel and they'll just catch us again. So don't waste the fuel or whatever. I thought it was kind of interesting to make them a sitting duck in space where they were right on the edge of being uh, destroyed. And they basically they're uh, so close to one step close to death the entire film. Yeah. And I thought that was great. You know, a great set of. uh, Well, it was like that constant tension that was present. Mm -hmm. I'll kind of compare it to like the Dunkirk where, you know, it's. They're just right there. The escape is imminent. You know, it could happen, but yeah. And I also liked how uh, Finn wakes up right in the middle of all of this, and essentially the resistance is barely anyone anymore. There, it's in such low numbers. Yeah. And uh, the first thing Finn says is, "Where's Ray?" And then we cut to right where the Force Awakens left off. And what did you think of that moment, Bill, when she hands Luke the lightsaber and he just tosses it? Again, I was just, I was on it. This movie had me on my toes at all points. Like, I've never been this, like, unexpectedly surprised by a film in a long time, especially a Star Wars film. The fact that he, you know, you have this huge gravitas in the moment at the end of The Force Awakens where she's handing this lightsaber off and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is it. And then for him to grab it, look at it, and then toss it off the side of the cliff. Yeah. I was I was just like, oh my God. And I like, he like, still doesn't say a word either. He just goes in no. his room and slams the door. And I love it. She's like, hello, bang, bang, bang. And finally she disappears and goes and gets the uh, lightsaber. And you see the Porgs there, the little, what do you think of Porgs, Bill? I love Porgs. I thought they were awesome. I love Porgs. (laughs) They were great. (laughs) And they weren't like, they were just there. They didn't like take up the movie or anything. They're just there. But I love when you hear Luke hears a bang on his door and you think it's Ray, but it's Chewbacca and he busts the door and he's like, and he's like, Chewie, what are you doing? (laughs) And what's funny is it kind of threw me off because uh, he goes, wait, where's Han? And I was like, why doesn't Luke know Han's dead? Didn't he feel it through the force? But you don't realize that he's cut himself off from the force. Yeah. And at that, at that moment, it's like, whoa, how does he not know about Han? Which we learn later on. But uh, I love that sequence, too. And one thing, before the movie came out, you and I kind of discussed what Luke would be like in the from the teaser trailer and stuff. And I sure. suspected Luke would be like the way he is in this movie. But I didn't know why, that he wouldn't want to be a Jedi anymore. Uh, you know, we saw in the trailer, like, the Jedi has to end. 
the fact is he's really weighed down by an action that he did. And he thinks that he caused all of this to happen by his poor decision. Basically Mm -hmm. he essentially thinks he created Kylo Ren is what we learn. And uh, I love that flashback. We got two flashbacks, one from Kylo's point of view Mm -hmm. and one for Luke's point of view. And we've never seen anything like that in a Star Wars movie before. No flashbacks that are different. Basically. Do you notice in Kylo Ren's version, Luke looks evil. He's standing there with a saber. He looks like really crazy mean. And, uh, then in Luke's version, he's just kind of, you know, he's just standing there and he's like, what am I doing? And he wants to contemplating. Yeah. He puts away his saber, but it's too late. Cause Ben, Ben Solo looks up and he sees them, sees him. And, uh, I was curious of when Snoke got a hold of Ben Solo, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll never find out unless it's in a book of some kind. But I'm curious if he started out as some kind of friend or whatever, like kind of like Palpatine did with Anakin. But when would he ever encounter this weird looking guy? <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I don't think. I think you know. I I, I started talking uh, to Natalie about the expanded universe and you know the Force force beings and Snoke reminded me a lot of um, the expanded universe character of Abeloth that kind of separates the the family. They use it in Clone Wars with the father, the son and the daughter representing the different elements of the force and uh, Abeloth ends up being like the nanny and it's just this, this creature that can reach across time and space. It's force powers that extensive that mm-hmm. can influence other Jedi into thinking that, you know, other Jedi are imposters. It was a whole storyline in this series of expanded universe books. And Snoke has that power. Does Snoke he... has that power to reach across space and time and influence. Do you think he's even a, uh, a Sith or he's just this, force user that happens to be an asshole yeah he's just a force user that happens to be an asshole like he was manipulating ben from you know uh other part of the galaxy basically yeah it's he and we and we may never know to what to what means or to what end i think that's kind of cool i love when luke says that he when he was standing over him he looked inside him to see how bad he was right, off. And yeah. he was like surprised. Like he's way bad. Like, yeah, like, is consuming him kind of a thing. And what's funny about Kylo Ren in this or Ben's, I almost want to call him Ben. Now he's not even Kylo Ren anymore. He's Ben solo, but he, at moments he, you sympathize with him, but at the same time in the back of my head, I was like, no, he killed Han Solo. I don't really sympathize with him that much. But he obviously, he seems like a petulant, spoiled, entitled child with a lot of power at his his disposal. But at the same time, he, he doesn't like being under Snoke's thumb. And I love that moment when uh, he goes to visit Snoke and we see Snoke sitting there. What I thought was so funny is, you know, this, a lot of this film evokes, I've seen people say it's like Empire. No, it's like Empire and Return of the Jedi combined uh, Mm -hmm. in beats. We see the throne room, or if you want to call it that, where Snoke lives and he has this chair and these cool Imperial Guard looking dudes, which by the way, those were the ones that he saved, the Jedi he saved, because he said there were like nine that they... 
NPC. Oh, are you talking about the Knights of Ren? See that I don't know. I've I've been curious. Yeah, about that's this. what I was wondering about, but I don't think it matters. Like I think it's it's kind of funny that the story is laid out in the Force Awakens, and then Ryan Johnson takes it and goes, "Okay, let's trim the fat." Well, I, and make this about the characters. I could honestly very easily see seeing that. Uh, see, I figured they were Knights of Ren. They got changed. To I I almost think through. like this. Like I always wonder, how do these guys, Imperial Guards, get this job? Like, where do you apply? What yeah. kind of training do you have to have? But I also think this: the Knights of Ren, after Kylo was done with them, probably killed them all, slaughtered them. Oh yeah, he, he definitely anymore. did. No, He's, why would he? Yeah, he doesn't need those other Force users around. If they even had Force powers or whatever, like... They're they... probably just lackeys. Well, those guys fought really well. That's why... I yeah, get, you know, it's they like were very well trained. They're trained. But I don't think they're Force users. That's another thing. Back in the well, Return of the Jedi... Well, they're Force users, because, uh, you know, there might be variances of being able to use the well, Force. Well, think like this. Return of the Jedi, uh, Palpatine, the Emperor... And he had those Imperial Guards. I remember as a kid going, oh, those dudes look awesome. I wish I could see them fight. I have a feeling Ryan Johnson was like, we are going to see them fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love that moment where he's basically, uh, Snoke is basically telling uh, Kylo what a failure he is. And he's really pissing him off. And he's like, you have too much of your father with you, inside of you. And he's like, I killed my dad for you. Or whatever. And he... he Basically, is picking at a nerve, and uh, he kind of does this move like he's going to attack Snoke, and he immediately like shocks him to the ground, and all of his guards like come to life with their blades and stuff. And I was just like, "Dude, that was freaking cool." <laughs> See, that's why I thought if they if they think they can fight Kylo Ren, then they've got to have some sort of force ability. Uh, they, it's possible. I. Yeah. That's another thing is I mean, like if they are actually. But again, they're they're protected by Snoke. That's like true. I mean, they're they're, they're like their backup. I yeah. I doubt that Kyle. I doubt that say something like if Snoke didn't do anything, and Kylo wanted to attack him. Those guards would probably be in the way, fighting him off before Snoke even did anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's probably just nice to have bodyguards. Why does he need the guards? He needs the guards for when he goes <laughs> to the bathroom or when he mm-hmm. sleeps. Probably, he's like, I am or going to, to take a nap just to make sure that the gigantic red curtain stays up. Yes. <laughs> he did have a neat looking room, but also he has the thing that I always say about bad guys is like, all they do is sit in a chair all day. Like, come on, dude. Pretty much. But I have a feeling he's in tune with the rest of what's going on in the galaxy. Manipulating things from afar, maybe. Yeah, and he's probably very tired. It's mentally draining. Yeah, I mean, God, what the fuck happened to this guy? I almost, I almost think of Snoke like this. Like, a lot of people might be upset that, that we don't get into his backstory. But I say this. He's some kind of... He's a burn victim. He's a force user <laughs> that I I imagine he has a lot of money. He's maybe even a... Uh, what do they call it? The war people that uh, build uh, warships and that kind of thing. And yep. he gets rich off of creating havoc in the universe or something like that. I don't know. A lot of dark, uh, like the dark Jedi and the um, uh, in the books kind of get off on that. They're not Sith, but they have incredible power and they just like to 
be assholes. And he is afraid of Luke, though. He wants to eliminate Luke to get, make sure the Jedi never return. He even says that. And uh, he felt at that. And I love the way he goes, take that ridiculous mask off, the helmet. And I almost... I felt like before, like it was probably Snoke that gave that to him. Be like Darth Vader or whatever. But I guess he, he uh, Ben was like, I need a helmet. I need something that, it, you know, that evokes fear. Like, yeah. Darth Vader. And then he smashes it. And yeah. I thought that was a great decision. Also, uh, when they track them through light speed, Leia and the others, Kylo is going to prove uh, Snoke wrong by attacking the ship. And he does do a lot of damage. He flies in the hangar, kills all the pilots. And that was pretty hardcore stuff. And I just want to talk about this scene, Bill, because it's in the back of all of our heads. Will Leia die in this film? Because we know Carrie Fisher died in real life. And we wonder what what would they do with her character? I mean, we have no idea what they'll do with her for episode nine, but let alone, I wasn't sure if she would survive this film. We even saw in the trailer that it looked like Kylo was going to blow up the ship. And there was this great moment where he uh, is about to fire on his mother and he senses her and she senses him and he decides not to. But then the two ships next to him fire their missiles Mm -hmm. and the whole bridge gets blown up and she gets sucked out into space. And I was like, holy shit. That's how they're going to do yeah. it. She's dead. That's she's It's over. She's She's gone. And I was like, that's how they did it. And they just move on, you know? Yeah. And that was pretty shocking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very, I was, I was, I was, my jaw hit my chest. Like, I was just like, that is brutal. And part of that's my, in my head, I was thinking, they probably changed it. This is like, like they, they were like, we need to kill off Carrie because we can't do anything more with her character. But then there's this great, by the way, John Williams score for this movie. I'm going to say it's his best star Wars score that he's done. I thought the score was so good. And that moment where Leia is floating in space and that music. And I was, I had goosebumps and I was mortified. I was like, okay, too far. I was like, this why is- are they showing her dead in space, yeah. dude? What the hell? This is some morbid shit. But then yeah. all of a sudden her hand moves and her eyes open. I was like, she's some kind of force witch, Bill. <laughs> like a fairy <laughs> force she's a, witch. She's Jedi well, it just, just it displayed her power. I mean, she's just as powerful as Luke. It's just We've they haven't seen shown it. it. Again, yep. again, in the books... She's very powerful. She, but she holds on to that power whenever it's most needed. And again, in the books, people that are force users have survived the void of space for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's so. I was like, wow, it, it was so cool to see that, and just the method of her, I you know, res- her resurrection. That. Yes, I just thought that. W- I was like, finally, thank you, showing because all yeah. we've seen Leia do is do like. Oh, like she, yeah. she senses death yeah. or we've seen, you know, where Luke calls Leia she's and she's like, Luke, and- like, but she- you, you know what I loved the most about it is that no one was surprised. Yes. They look out the window and they're like, there she, okay, here she, she's, she's coming back. Us. She's yeah. coming back guys. All right. We're good. They could we're have good. easily shown so- 
shown Finn go like, how did she do that? Or something yeah. like that. But no, just keep going, guys. We're busy. Yeah, no one is as business as usual with General Organa. Mm-hmm. Like, so can you even fathom the shit that has gone down before that? Resurrecting they, herself in 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 dead space? I think they've probably seen something, her do things before. Yeah, so I was just, I loved that touch, that it was so nonchalant, and it was so beautifully done, just her gliding. And, and the music, just, again, was incredible in that oh, scene. Yeah, I mean, I I have to get that score. I was, it was, it was so beautiful. It was, and then she collapses because, you know, she has to recuperate. And then uh, I love, by the way, I love that they gave Poe Dameron more to do in this film because really he's not in the force awakens a lot. And he's also grounded as a pilot because the whole hangar has been blown up. Yeah. And he basically wants to take, he always wants and to take the attack suspended for doing the dreadnought. Oh yeah. She demotes him. You're yeah. demoted. And he's like, Oh, come on. You know? <laughs> and I love that they put, uh, someone else in charge. Do you notice she goes, and now our, our acting, uh, officer, our acting commander is, and he's kind of like, okay, they're Here about to say my name. And, Here it goes. It was, and instead it was Holdo something. It's uh Laura Dern. And she walks forward and he's like, who, who, who's this chick? You know, but I love that he, you know, he questions everything that she's doing in this film, but, Leia, he's a petulant child too. I need to yeah, know. he's arrogant. There, I need to know what your choices are. What are we doing? Do you did you guys get the sense at all that maybe he's also Leia's son, but maybe a different father? I suspected that. There's a one point where he holds her hand when she's in a coma, like he's very close to Leia. He may not be, but I got the sense that I wonder if he's related to Leia. Maybe there's a maternal thing going on. Yeah, we definitely know that he's like the best pilot in the galaxy. I mean, we've seen that he's an incredible I mean, pilot, right? Better than I mean, come on that opening with the That's... dreadnought of him taking out all the the towers was oh, incredible. I love, by the way, in that scene where he turns sideways and flies through this grating thing, and the Tie Fighters crash into it. I thought that was so sweet. <laughs> that that and also the Kylo Ren maneuver where he goes into the spin like that you uh-huh. never think is going to end. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, like only a force user could pull that off. I love the TIE fighter sound. But, uh... I like when, when, he, when he blew up the last turret and it's just all the smoke and he... He, he spins zipped around, around the other, and, and they don't even see it. Yeah, he pulls the he pulls the Night Rider yeah. uh, fishtail in space. <laughs> I was like, I was like, holy shit! Are we going to hear tires squealing? And then his... he just drifted an X wing. <laughs> well, I love that they gave uh, BB-8 some great stuff to do. Like it sprung a leak underneath, and he keeps trying to plug the leaks. You know. And he finally just rams his head into it. That <laughs> yeah, was a that great was brilliant. Too. That's that another brilliant. thing I want to say about the droids. Uh, that BB-8, he definitely, uh, he has some great comic relief in the movie. And Yeah, he earns his medal in this one. There, C-3PO has his moments. And there's one good one later where... <laughs> where he's like, I'm out of here. I'm not going to have any part of this mutiny. <laughs> and he's leaving. <laughs> I thought that was great. Or whenever he's being talked over about the odds. Yeah, and he's like, finally, uh, yeah, that's a great part where he goes, shut up! (laughs) Finishes to one. To one. (laughs) 
Oh man. But okay. Let's cut to, uh, when we see this girl who's on the bomber bell and she has this necklace and she, at the last moment, drops the bombs and blows up the Dreadnought, and she dies. And it's a great moment where I was like, wow, just like Rogue One, a lot of heroic sacrifices. We'll cut to this girl crying named Rose, and it was her sister because she has the matching necklace, I guess, mm-hmm. that they go together. Right. And mm-hmm. Finn, all Finn, Finn cares about the Resistance, but he cares more about Rey. Right. And he wants to get to Rey. He's like, well, we're all going to die. I just need to get to Rey or something. Warn her not to come here. And that's when he meets Rose. What did you think of the character Rose, Bill? I loved Rose. She was spunky. She had moxie. She <laughs> she was um, she was um, pithy and witty and wonderful. Another, and I thing, think that's all the, the, the all the Peter Travers stuff I can come up with. And another yeah. thing is, she you know a lot of Star Wars uh, people that are good in the Resistance, they all have their talents. Sure. You know? And uh, she had a talent with uh, machinery and knowing things about uh, tracking through uh, tracking th- how to track light in light speed or whatever. And what's cool is, you know, Finn, he's going to leave and she zaps him, which was funny. But then- I mean, holy shit, that thing will blast you through a wall. <laughs> I mean, and- you wouldn't think that just by this little like little thing. And there was like, Funk! Like it, the the amount of bass it had, yeah. Like, and he can't amazing. even move his arms. He's like, "What did you zap me with?" He's like, "I can't feel my teeth." And <laughs> her, him and Rose come up with the plan I can't to move. I can't feel my arms. <laughs> they come up with the plan to get on the the dreadnought and, or is it a star destroyer, and deactivate. No, they're on the dreadnought. No, 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 no. It's the dreadnought uh, destroyed. Yeah. It's a, an imperial cruiser. Yeah, it's an Imperial cruiser, right? Oh, it's Snoke, yes. Snoke ship. Yeah, basically is what I'm saying. But they want to deactivate the thing to track them long enough for them to get away. Right. And uh, Poe thinks it's a crazy plan, but it just might work. But they need somebody, a code breaker, to get him in, and that's when they contact Maz from The Force Awakens, and she's in some kind of uh, battle. Some kind of yeah. battle. And I thought it was cool. I didn't notice it the first time I saw it, but the second time, before she signs off, she flies off in a jet pack. Yeah. She goes, yeah. like that. And she's in some kind of battle. And she tells them, you need to go to this planet to find the greatest code breaker she knows. Yes. <laughs> and uh, with the, the whatever lapel pin. Yeah, with this rose pin type of thing. And so uh, they sneak off. And another thing is basically Poe sends him on this mission without telling Laura Dern's character who's in command. And she goes, what was that? And the lady who is actually Carrie Fisher's daughter in real life. Oh, yeah. She's the one with the little buns on her hair. Uh, Oh, She's like, it was nothing, sir. And she turns and looks at Poe and he's like, all right. (laughs) And so they're off to this planet, Bill, which is a casino planet. And the first thing I thought of when I saw this planet, I, I'm not kidding. I didn't read it anywhere, what anyone said. I was like, oh, this reminds me of kind of prequel prequel type stuff. <laughs> sure, yeah. The, the, you know, the CG planet and everything. But I thought it was really cool when they showed the 
inside of the casino and all the different rich snobbery, the one percenters, you know? Yeah, it was the it was the it was the cantina of the one percent. Yes, it was yeah. the Moss Eisley because she even describes it. You will never find more horrible people than here. And he's like, oh, and then it cuts to all these rich people with gold everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, hey, you can't park your your ship on the beach like that. That's a private beach. <laughs> And it um, was quite a statement for our time. Mm, yes. And they're all war profiteers, by the way. Which, just, yeah, just I, the fact that that has finally entered the lexicon of Star Wars films. And, which like, has always been in the Star Wars expanded universe. Always. That has been a huge part of it. Every, I mean, how many times have we read those? Any one of those books where they talk about the manufacturers of the ships of the, you know, and there was always a constant war. Like, like was it um, um, Han Solo's cousin Thracken Sal Solo was a war profiteer? Yeah, you know, it was like that's always been in the books. So I was so happy to see that finally. Like instead of instead of getting George Lucas going, oh, I'm going to make a political statement here. I'm going to we're going to have committees and we're going to have trade disputes and we're going to have stations of taxes, face embargoes. Ryan Johnson just drops the hammer and like flat out says war profiteering. Yes, and I love that one point. It's later on, but when Finn sees that the guy whose ship they're on. Not only did he build TIE Fighters, he also built X-Wings. Mm-hmm. He builds weapons for both sides. We don't even know who the guy is. Oh, yeah. But by the way, I don't know, maybe for a minute, guys, when she said, I need you to go to this planet to find this guy, I was like, oh, my God, Lando. Lando. We're going to get some I was, Lando. I was so hoping it would be Lando. Me like, too. I was praying it would be Lando. But instead, it's Justin Thoreau. Yes. <laughs> but by the way, did you think it was funny the little guy sticking coins in BB-8 banging yeah. on him? <laughs> <laughs> there were so many little like background things. I can't wait just to an- – I want to analyze that entire casino just to see – there were so many layers. There was I so do much know depth. one celebrity cameo was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the voice of the guy who says they can't park on this beach. He was the voice oh, of Oh, that's brilliant. And also, uh, Mark Hamill does the voice of some creature that's in the, the casino, but nobody knows who it is yet. But I love the little the little shit that's obsessed with the gold. That was... Yes. And also, he we was... know Gary uh, Carrie Fisher's dog, Gary. He's somewhere in that shot, too. Yes, Gary. Gary. <laughs> so right when they find the... Oh, there was a great moment also when uh, Finn's like, I don't know why you said this place is so awful. This place is beautiful. And she's like, look closer. And he's like looking around with a little view scope and sees the animals racing, but they're being beaten incessantly. That shows this man. Zapper. Yeah, the yeah. zapper. This guy whipping the thing while knocking a kid on the ground. And their slavery is rampant in this galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, this place does suck. And they get captured. And I know the way Star Wars movies work is it jumps from plot A, plot B, plot C over and over. But it's easier to talk about what they're doing right now. And when they get locked up, they meet uh, a new character, which I thought was very interesting. And one thing that I, I, I think is funny is they want nothing to do with the guy at first. And he's like, you need you need somebody to bust you out of here or whatever. 
And by the way, why am I blanking on the actor's name, Stephen? Oh, um, Benicio, Benicio del, del, Toro. del Toro. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was Guillermo del Toro. By the way, has anyone, has anyone ever <laughs> noticed that Benicio del Toro looks like James Dean in the face? Have people he said does. That? He, he looks does. like James Dean, but anyway. I bet you Tommy Wiseau is so jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're tearing me apart! But uh, he was a... I almost thought he was going to turn out to be something else, like he was in disguise or something. I didn't know. I think there's going to be more to his character. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, this is just the beginning of... He um, is definitely a Lando-type character, though. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, Lando was a war profiteer. That's what Cloud City was. They didn't talk about it, but Cloud City was a you know a neutral zone for war profiteering. He had to always keep the Empire at arm's length by doing deals and stuff. Yeah. And so there's this guy. He's a thief, and he helps break them out. And I love when he goes around the corner, and the guards are all knocked knocked unconscious, and BB-8's there, and he's like, whoa, did you do this? <laughs> but another thing I want to... This is later on in the movie, but I had this realization that we've seen R2 do some pretty crazy things. We've seen C-3PO do some silly things. But have we ever seen a droid kill people before? No. Kill stormtroopers? BB-8 kills stormtroopers in this, if yeah. you notice close enough. Mm-hmm. I, didn't notice. I didn't notice. When he BB-8 takes over... Yes. When he takes over the Imperial Walker, the oh, ATSD, right. he's yeah, shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's dudes flying through the air. I'm pretty sure BB-8 <laughs> cold took dudes out. Yeah, there are full like like smoking holes and chests in that <laughs> scene. So he doesn't follow Asimov's rules. No, no. he's like no, he's like anything for the resistance, and he's blasting dudes. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know quite know what BB-8's moral code is, but it is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> so when they get down to the stables with these weird creatures, that it's funny. I saw some people describe them as the last Guardian game, the Trico character. Oh, they were beautiful. They were yeah. Like, and there's these little stable kids that are obviously slaves that take care of them. What did you think of that whole escape sequence, Bill? Oh, I thought it was gorgeous. I loved it. I've, the, just seeing them just like, just... Demolish the shit out of that awful place. I love it all was... the rich, the, you know, the incredible, you know, gaudy you know, gold and all yeah. glass, and it's all smashed to pieces. <laughs> I was imagining it was like Trump Casino. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just destroying it all, and um, they get away. With they, the, the animals of... were Robert Mueller just ramming through everything. Wait, I don't even know Benicio Del Toro's character's name, Bill. What was his um, name? Um, I've got to look it up. What is Benicio's Holy name? Holy shit. What is his name? DJ. Oh, really? It was that easy? His name is DJ. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. I didn't well. even suspect it was that simple. No, I didn't think I don't, Yeah, I mean, I guess we're... Yeah. Did he say it in his stutter when he was talking? <laughs> I, I was wondering. I was wondering if um, Ryan Johnson like told him, like, let's do the the usual suspect stutter. You know what's let's funny see. is, oh yeah, that is great. He is great in that. But um, I love watching movies in closed captioning. I can't wait to watch this film in closed captioning. But this is way off subject. But Heather, out of nowhere, said, "I want to watch Mad Max Fury Road on Blu-ray." <clears throat> So I was like, really? I've been waiting for you to watch this since it came out. So we put it on and we rewatched it, but I had it on closed captioning. Mad Max Fury Road, that movie, 
is like the to understand it way better what's going on you need to watch it with closed captioning it makes it so much better everything everyone's saying yeah it it improves it like tenfold you just need to watch it in black and white and closed captioning (laughs) and then it's like total like weird new wave french like chaos by the way i still jules and jim by (laughs) by uh, oh my god i'm totally blanking on his name i still want that by the way i want george miller to do the obi-wan movie set on tatooine so kathleen kennedy needs to make that happen well yeah i mean something need they need a hard r star wars film He's, I mean, he's, we're going to get a hard R Star Trek now, so let's... <laughs> yeah, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> okay, Paramount, Paramount at this point is just like, okay, okay let's do it. Let's, <laughs> well, <laughs> well let's, let's cut back to Luke and Ray, because uh, I've been waiting to delve into this part of the story. We know that Luke doesn't want to have anything to do with... You know, he's like very sympathetic to their plight, but he's just not interested right now. Was any of the Luke storyline frustrating for you, Bill? Or were you just waiting for him to jump into action? You knew he had to come around. I mean, come on. He was was like Ben Kenobi. He was like Yoda on Dagobah. He he cut himself off from the Force. He did exactly what Yoda did. Yeah, he did exactly what Yoda did, and and I loved that. That's how the the situation was resolved. Like, yeah. and, I mean, we'll get to that. But yes. he did exactly what Yoda did, and he, it you we learn as the movie goes on that people tend not to learn from their mistakes, mm-hmm. and you're you know doomed to repeat mistakes and luke was so afraid of making more mistakes he just decided to do nothing yeah he was defeated i mean he was embarrassed what would you do if you thought you took your best friend and your sister's son and turned him to the dark side not only that he he even describes himself as the legend luke skywalker he goes now i'm teaching an academy of new jedis like huh how do I know how to do this? You know? Yeah. Another thing is when he, he, the hubris, his hubris kind of the the hubris that we saw Mm -hmm. in, in the original trilogy that we thought he had overcome, you know, in, at the end of return of the Jedi and, you know, the, the slick black Luke. Yeah. You know, like, I am one with the Force, screw you, I got this. It it was young Luke, you know, who wanted to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power power converters, was still there. (laughs) He's still there. Well, I love the fact that he reveals that he looked into Ben and he saw the dark side there and he was riddled with it. And his the first thought that came to his head is... I need to kill him. I need to kill my nephew, my sister's son, because he's filled with the dark side and he couldn't bring himself to do it. And then he looked up at him and it created the whole thing that burned down the Jedi Academy or whatever. I thought that was quite a revelation uh, there, but also how crazy was it? The whole development of Ray and uh, Kylo Ren being able to see each other. 
That was brilliant. Was that like freaking with you? Like it was freaking me out. I was trying to figure out exactly what was happening. It was like the red herring. It was like, okay, force connection, brother sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. wait, they're is related. Is, is, is are they related? Wait, is this a love story? What's yeah. happening? Like it was. It was very dramatic. It was very well handled. And when that was finally resolved, it made total sense. Yeah, it but, did. And, and, it, and it made total sense in the most grimy, like, uh, like evil, twisted way. Yeah. I Okay, I just want to – there are moments on this planet that I love. First of all, she's following Luke around. Mm-hmm. He milks this weird creature and drinks its milk. <laughs> Yeah, I was blown away by that. I was like, holy shit, they just did that. What's funny is it was like green milk, wasn't it? Greenish? Because I was like, oh my god, is this the birth of blue milk? Is yeah. this where it comes from? But no, it was like green. But milk's probably... A bit, I mean, It's Luke, green before it's pasteurized. It turns blue. Yeah, yeah. Luke's a farmer. With, He's used to milk and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, large sea creature teats. But and- I love how he's like... Ah, and he looks over at Ray, yeah, and she's just kind of like, beard she's just kind of like, dude, no. <laughs> yeah. And again, didn't Yoda do something like that? It, like, he was something like cook, cooking weird food. Yeah, like equally gross. <laughs> oh, well, we'll talk about Yoda in a bit, but uh, <laughs> when yeah. he, he he does the, he kills this giant fish, and I, well, he I pole vaults across. That was yeah. badass. That he, was. Pulls it, he pulls up the little spear that has a little fish on the end. And, and she goes, and all of a sudden it. he's carrying this. I love that every once in a while you see little porgs everywhere. And there's one with a nest with a little one. It's just like, aww. And I love when Ray says something like, I need you to train me. And I've seen what you do all day. You have plenty of time on your hands. You know? You're not busy or something like that. But I love the moment. Cut to the Millennium Falcon. There is Chewbacca, and he's holding a cooked porg, and he's about to take a bite of it, and he looks over, and you see these porgs like, and he's like, and he's about to take a bite again, and he looks over, and there's this one, he's like, tearing up. He's like all sad, and he's like, but if you look at Chewie, he looks down at it, kind of defeated. I don't think he ever takes a bite of it. No, he doesn't. He feels guilty. But in the background, Luke is sneaking on the Millennium Falcon. And he lights up the cockpit and he's looking around. And I love when he's sitting there and R2 comes to life. And he's like, R2! And it was just like, Luke and R2 together. And I love that moment where he's like, I wish I could make you understand, but I can't help. And all of a sudden, the Leia hologram from A New Hope comes on. He's like, dude, that was low. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that a great moment? It was so great. And I mean, Mark Hamill's range. I mean, this is what happens when somebody goes into a profession like voiceover acting, mm-hmm. where they hone their craft over so many years in a booth acting to themselves. And the range he has developed, the fact that I saw when he saw R2 and he went R2 and it sounded and looked and everything about his mannerisms, his face. It was like Luke on Tatooine. Yeah. Young Luke. It it was like, it was instant. For a moment he was youthful Luke. Yeah. And I mean, throughout this entire, it was a moment where the sadness had faded. Because throughout this entire film, he's he looks so haunted and he's so cut sad. He's off from all of his loved ones. 
Yeah, it's just his eyes are never not glassy at yeah. any scene in this film. He's always on the verge of tears. And I love that moment where he finally, well, there's the training part where he he's trying to tell Ray to reach out and she reaches her hand forward and he puts the blade of grass on her and she goes, oh, I feel it. I feel it. He goes, that's the force. And then he slaps her in the hand. That was funny. And she's like reaches out. And I love that moment, Bill, where she's, they show the grass growing and the creatures and she sees peace and violence. And he goes, look in between. And he describes the forces, the stuff in between. It's not about light and dark. It's about everything in between holding it all together. Do you feel it? And she senses this part place on the Island that she's drawn to. And it kind of reminded me of the cave on Dagobah, that kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. And Luke's like, you went right for it. You didn't, like, resist it at all. What's wrong with you? And he's kind of afraid about her power. But she notices that she sensed Luke. She didn't sense him at all. Like, you're completely cut off from the Force. And let's not forget about the part where she finds the books, the old Jedi journals. Which yeah, the I, Journal of the Wills. I was waiting for him to say the Wills, but he never did. He just said the Jedi Journals or whatever. And uh, what do you think of Luke's standpoint that I love when he describes the Jedi as complete failures, that they pretty much caused it all to happen. And he goes through it's, the history of Star Wars and he he's speaking the truth, right? We've said it over and over and over again. In every episode that we have recorded where we talk about Star Wars, we talk about how incompetent and short-sighted the Jedi were. They were the Autobots of that universe. Yes. Like, always, always three steps behind the Decepticons at all points. Like, just short-sighted, stupid, tunnel vision, you know, and... They were always a problem at at all points. They, you know, they they thought they were so good and so good for the universe and law keepers and all that happy horse shit. And they were really just fooling themselves. What did you think about the uh, weird frog people that live on the island? The caretakers. The caretakers. I love. I want one. The, is that is that okay? Is that okay to say? Wasn't that a great moment Are when they the Ray Oompa Loompas of the island? Ray yeah. was practicing her saber and she cuts that rock off and it just smashes their thing <laughs> and they just look up at her. I made it made me think of like anybody that had watched like uh, um, uh, the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender with the guy with the cabbage cart. Yes, like, like my cabbages. <laughs> yeah. that, that was funny. I love how they just kept looking at her and. There, at one point, she says, I think they hate me. And Luke goes, I wonder why. <laughs> I would, yeah. <laughs> You're just destroying their ancient home. Yeah, this has been standing for a thousand years. Oh, You've already put a hole yeah, in she it. She shot a hole through the wall. Yeah. And uh, there's the mo- what did you think of the moment, Bill, where she goes into the hole and she finds this ice wall? And- it was brilliant. It was, you know, in, in the way she talked about it, the way that... What do you think is you know, going on there in that scene? Um, It's a look into the dark side of yourself. It's, you know, it's that it's it's to intimidate you, to show you, you know, try to try to show you that this 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 period of time or this this place that you're in is is infinite and that you actually have no control. It's just a it's a, a series of waves. It's a reoccurrence, you know, and um, it, it 
could go on infinitely. You can't see in front of you. You can't see behind you. So you're just kind of lost. And that's what she is. She feels lost. She doesn't know her place in this. So there's multiples of her. It just continues on in a line. That moment where she says, show me my parents, show them to me. And I love those dark silhouettes coming closer. That was kind of creepy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, because she so that's she wanted that so much. She wanted, you know, and that's what that's what it it really was never about that. You know, it's it's and again, that's like them saying to us, it's not about that. It doesn't matter who her parents are. It's the theme it's, of the film is letting go of your mistakes. Yeah, it's letting go of your mistakes and just honestly killing the past. I mean, when Kylo Ren says, "You have to you know, kill the past," you, you have to kill. You have to kill the past. That's that that is. You know, that is throughout um, psychology uh, in, in numerous teachings. Um, the, the idea of dead thoughts, of things that you're holding on to mm-hmm. that then dictate everything about your future. It holds that's you what, back. That's what this whole movie is. It's killing the past of Star Wars, too, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, Luke, he needs to kill his past mistakes. Also, he needs to kill the Jedi Order. And I love the moment where Luke discovers Rey and Kylo touching. And he's like, no! And the whole place falls apart. And she, you know, she's just learned, you know, he's told her that this is how I became Kylo Ren or whatever. Luke betrayed me and he tried to kill me. And she's very upset over that. And she questions him. She's fighting him. Then finally she gets the lightsaber and knocks him down on the ground, but he hovers above it, you know, with the force, which is really cool. And he basically explains what really happened. And I, what I love about that, because if you go back to the original trilogy, when old uh, Ben Kenobi says from a certain point of view, and they both, both Ben solo or Kylo Ren and Luke both have the same incident from their own points of view and right. uh, I, I think it's interesting how Ray says, you know, you didn't, you, she basically tells Luke that you didn't give him a moment to choose. You basically pushed him into what he became. He might have fought it off and been good. I don't know about that necessarily, but I think it's interesting that kind of uh, thinking back on it, you know? No, I mean, he was gone. I mean, that's. He I sense think, a lot honestly, of the moment the moment he was born, I have a feeling that Snoke took control of him. I almost um, like I would have told Luke and Han, you know, I mean Leia and Han, like, please don't have children <laughs> <laughs> again. And I hate to do it, but in the books, the moment Jason and Jaina Solo were born, they were shipped off away so that they were just completely unknown. That for for years, the universe had no idea. That, that, Han, that they existed, that Han and Leia had children. And that's another because thing. Because they like, knew. Uh, some people want Rey to be from someone. They want her to be related, have a bloodline. But the Jedi uh, well, came could... from everywhere. They weren't all related to former Jedi or Force users. They were just people kind of selected by the Force, weren't they? It could be yeah. anybody. Yeah. And also, if you go back to... You just to, have a better chance if your parents were Force. Yeah, what I think is interesting about... Well, because they, they pass on the midichlorians. Shut up! <laughs> There's no <laughs> such thing! Uh, in uh, Star Wars Episode Four, when 
uh, Obi-Wan comes to Luke and he goes, I want to train you to be a Jedi. And he's just like, what? I'm a farmer. I can't go or whatever. At no point has Luke showed any strength in the force at all. But of course, Ben Kenobi knows he has it because of who his father was. Right. But I just think it's interesting that at that point, if you go back and watch the original Star Wars, Luke shows no sign of being strong with the force to us, the audience. And and Ben's like, I want to train you. And then all of a sudden Luke can do stuff. It's almost like in the, the first movie, it appears as luck, right? Like Mm -hmm. Luke is really lucky. He's a good pilot and stuff like that. It isn't until empire strikes back that he makes the saber fly into his hand. And then he's got, you know, Jedi powers, but Ray, her awakening, it's like, she's, uh, super powerful with the force, just like Kylo Ren is. Is do you think well, it's she like she had in her her visions had see, already seen the Jedi Temple? Mm-hmm. So, like, but yeah. I'm wondering this. This is, is kind of a like dumb a theory. Reincarnation I have. type of Yoda. Well, I'm thinking like this. Like uh, back in the times of the, the Old Republic, or even you know the prequels when there are Jedi everywhere, there was the Force was spread everywhere with these people who are force users, right, Bill? But now mm-hmm. there's hardly anyone strong with a force. So the few people that are, are very strong in it. Yeah. It's concentrated. That's just a dumb theory I have. I don't know. It's like, it's yeah, no, it's, it's like, um, it's like orange juice that comes frozen. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's concentrated, concentrated power. Diluted. So you can, yeah, it's undiluted. It's straight. It's distilled force. But Ray is convinced now that there is good in Kylo Ren, and she wants to go to him. And Luke's like, you know, that's not a good idea. I've done something like that before. <laughs> yeah. He was right about his dad, but it took a while. And I love how, you know, her and Chewie leave, and then, you know, Luke's standing there, and all of a sudden we hear, <laughs> and it's friggin' Yoda! And I've Yoda? read people say, Yoda looks weird in the scene. No, he doesn't. Because he that, looks like Yoda. It's Empire Strikes Back puppet Yoda, you dumbasses. Yeah. He doesn't look weird. He looks like he's supposed to look. Yeah. He looks again. like an actual creature. Go back, and watch, go back and watch Empire Strikes Back, then watch The Last Jedi. Yep. Identical. I almost thought, yep. are they using the Empire Strikes Back puppet right now? That's what I wondered, too. The Muppet, right, <laughs> basically. Right. I love that scene with Yoda so much, and I love how Yoda is just screwing with Luke. Luke, all of a sudden, doesn't seem like this wizened old Jedi Master. He seems like young, bumbling Luke again. Yeah, he reverts. And he's like, I'm going to destroy the Sacred Scrolls, and he lights a fire, and he goes there, and he's like, he can't do it. And all of a sudden, you know, Friggin' Yoda calls down lightning to <laughs> blow it up. Destroys. And then Luke tries to run in to save him and he gets blasted back. And uh, he says this, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly what Yoda says, but what, basically what he's telling Luke is your mistakes are lessons too. You need to learn from your mistakes. I thought that was, what did you think of that scene with Yoda? Bill? It was, it was brilliant. It was what? perfectly. It was totally brilliant. Um, it was the message that um, we so often did not hear throughout the the prequels because Jesus, every movie was a series of bad choices, um, and it it was something that needed to be said for now and for this time, mm-hmm. especially you know it it it, it was something that's never. 
honestly been talked about in the movies, you know, owning up to it. I, I thought that was, like, honestly, a, a, a point of brilliance for this film to finally uh, admit to the mistakes and admit to the, um, the foolhardy nature of this entire endeavor uh, of the Jedi. And it, it's, it's too bad that it took, you know, crossing the plane of existence into forced ghostery <laughs> for, for Yoda to realize this. And to the, say the final something. episode ever of the clone wars with Yoda is so touching and so brilliant oh my where he God. realizes all the mistakes he made and he yeah. sees all the dead people back to life and what could have been. And the, Oh, it's so brilliant. People should go back and watch that. But yeah, I was telling, I was talking about it at work and I was just like, that is probably, I mean, that final season of the clone wars on Netflix is some of the most brilliant star Wars storytelling I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, it was all there in front of us. Why didn't we see it? <laughs> you know? And I love the moment where Luke goes, but the sacred Jedi text, and he goes, page turners. They were not <laughs> yeah. it was like really boring stuff to go filled with wisdom. Yes. But you know, page turners, they were not. And you, did you guys notice that they didn't actually burn up? I, right. I, you said something like that and I didn't realize that Heather told me this. Yeah. And then when the second viewing, I noticed Ray took them. They're on the millennium Falcon. She put them in a drawer. At one point it opens up and you see all the tech, the, yeah, when, the books there. When uh, Finn goes to get a blanket for Rose. Yeah. You see all the Jedi books in uh -huh. there. Ray totally took them with her, which yep. I think is awesome. She's like, you know what? Luke doesn't need these. I'm taking them. And I was going to teach me. I love whenever they, there's one point where uh, Ray goes to Chewbacca in the cockpit and she goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to drop me off. And then you're going to come get me later. We're at the rendezvous. And he's like, Mom. and then she leaves. And all of a sudden these, all these porgs pop up. They're all <laughs> like with him in the cockpit. And one of them's like got wires and stuff. And he's like, Mom. they're like driving <laughs> crazy. Robo porg. The porgs are everywhere. I think my favorite thing was before, you know, they, they were on the ship for so long that porgs just started making the ship its home. Yeah. yeah there's home. like a nest. Like, there's a nest with baby porgs. <laughs> they're tribbles. I mean, they're the tribbles of the Star Wars universe. At I this noticed point. on Amazon there's a book called Chewbacca and the Porgs, and it's like a children's book, and it's him holding all these uh, porgs. Does he eat one of them at the end? Of it? <laughs> I don't know. But so it's a they life, kids. Ray gets dropped off at the at Snoke's ship. At the same time, Finn, Rose, and DJ Benicio del Toro show up, and he's a pretty slick, dude, isn't he? How he sl uh, slides them in there. He is. He's pretty good. Oh, I love. Uh, I'd seen the little like enemy droid that looks like BB-8 in places, but uh -huh. the, the part he is barely in it. You know, yeah. but that little moment where that shows him like turning his head and that little beady red eye, he spots BB-8 underneath the trash can. I thought that was hilarious. There's some really I was, cool moments. I was wondering like if we would see more of that thing. Yeah, and also cut to the ship, the resistance ship, and Poe has decided to uh, hijack it because he doesn't like their plans of escaping on tiny shuttles defenseless. And I love the moment where he, you know, he's like, 
stun them if they do anything. And then he goes to the bridge. And what is he planning on doing? He's just going to jump to light speed, or he's going to give them delay before to give Finn and Rose time, right? To yeah, make, deactivate, to deactivate the, tracker. the tracker. To deactivate the tracker, then they'll jump out of there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that moment where uh, Laura Dern kicks the steam or whatever, and then they all are fighting back and that's the part where c3b is like well i'm out of here i'll have nothing to do with this <laughs> and yeah. right then somebody's coming through the door and it's just like darth vader on the the ship in the first star wars right. but it's leia and he's like general and she goes and zaps him i thought that was great <laughs> yeah that was and, brilliant and i love c3p also holds his hands up do you notice that like don't shoot He's such an asshole. <laughs> and like, Look, it's like he never. About you. you you would think like firmware updates or like artificial <laughs> intelligence or so, you know something to like put some like some some sense of self respect in three PO at some point yeah, in this he's same old 3PO. 60, 60 year history. He's <laughs> still just a freaking douchebag. <laughs> just. There's that moment where, uh, you know, Kyla's waiting for Ray when she shows up and they put her in shackles and they're in the elevator ride. And she goes, you don't have to do this. And it's the same moment of Luke and Vader taking right. him to the emperor, that same yeah. heat. And they go into the throne room and then we have Snoke there. And it's just like, wow, this is, you know, beats Very from Return of the Jedi, yeah. but a twist to it. Right. Not just quite slightly. Um, that whole scene where I wanted Ray to just ask him, go, dude, who the hell are you? Like, yeah, dude, what is your malfunction? Yeah. What is your problem? Why are you such an asshole? And uh, he's like, Oh, my, my, uh, apprentice. He's pleased. What's wrong with your face? (laughs) Yeah. What (laughs) happened to your face, dude? But he basically says your connection. I created it. I knew that, uh, Poor, weak-ass Ben Solo, who's broken after killing his dad, you would be able to sense the pain in him and the goodness, and you'd want to save him. And he basically makes them both feel real stupid, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he does. How he manipulated (laughs) them. And I love the moment where he's like, I can see every moment Kylo makes before he makes it. I can see everything he does. And, you know, he shows at, at this point uh, when uh, Finn and Rose go to deactivate the thing, they're all waiting for them because the little uh, first order droid basically followed them. Actually, no. What? Do you think not... at that point Benicio Del Toro already sold yes. them out? But at what point did oh, he yeah. sell them out? I thought he already made before they even left. Oh, you think he already sold them out before he even left? Like he yeah, called ahead. That's how just... they. That's how. Yeah, that's how they got in. Oh, yeah. he wasn't slick at all getting him on the ship. They no. made it easy no. for him. Yep. Yeah. The entry into the to the oh. port to knock that out was all fake. Oh God, I'm stupid, aren't I? So I actually believe. No, it's. I just. It's my. It's my opinion. Right. I just don't think he was that slick. Yeah, I thought he turned on him once they got captured, and he goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 guys! I can help you out. I've been listening what they're doing." But he was with them the entire time. How could he? How could he yeah. even made that communique? Yeah, like so. I, so he tells them that they're all escaping on shuttles, and so they start blasting the what's the piddly bit of resistance left. They're all dying, 
And Laura Dern, by the way, she's on the last ship. She's on the big ship uh, by herself, making sure to look like they're still escaping so they don't suspect anything. We'll get to her big moment later, but I also love when she says, uh, he's a feisty one. I like him, about Poe. And Mm -hmm. Leia's like, I like him too. And it just shows that, you know, he may be, you know, kind of a jackass, but they love Poe. He's a good guy, right? He meant well. He means well. He means well. Mm -hmm. He just wants him to win, which we do too. But we get the Captain Phasma there. And how great was the moment where Hux slaps Finn in the face? He goes, smack, like that. And Finn kind of like, dude, what the hell? Did he just slap me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Hux in this. He's kind of... He wants to be such a badass guy, but he's really kind of a pompous idiot, isn't he? Yeah, he's such an idiot. I love seeing just what a jackass he is. But, okay, so they're beginning to blow up the resistance ship. So cut to Ray, and she, uh, the Snoke shows her through that cool like magnifying glass viewfinder thing that the resistance is being destroyed. And seeing she, not only the transport ship, but the escape pods. That, yes. And well, she tried at one point, she tries to get her saber back. It flies around her and bonks her in the head and comes back to Snoke. And then she tries to, she pulls, uh, you know, Kyle Ren's saber. And she's got it activated. She's going to charge him. Nothing knocks her on her ass. And he's like, you've, you're, you know, you're so pure. You're, a, you know, you're a Jedi. And that's why you must die. And she tells Kylo, you know, he tells Kylo Ren that he's going to, he needs to execute her. And, you know, she revolves around on her knees and he's going to kill her. And uh, that's when he goes on his bit about how uh, Kylo Ren does what I say. I control him. He has no free will of his own. I see everything he's about to do before he does it. I see him turning his saber ready to strike, etc. And what did you think about that moment, Bill, where he's turning the old Anakin saber towards him at the same time. He's turning yeah. his own. I mean, we, you could tell, I mean, like it was foreshadowed and it was just done such in a beautiful way that, um, uh, it, Kylo Ren was able to, he, he'd gotten to the point where he had learned all of Snoke's tricks. So and he we, knew how to, he knew exactly how to manipulate Snoke. And he knew, I think he was a bit tired of Snoke and controlling him. Sure. He wanted to be on his own. And through Ray, like they said when they touched, Ray saw his future. Huh? The light of him. Yeah. And he saw her joining him and defeating Snoke or whatever. They both saw different things in them, right? So that moment, you know... Snoke is talking about and the igniting of his saber, and he goes, and like just right into his side, and then chops him in half. Then the saber comes to Ray. By the way, full on chills, like raised hair on arms <laughs> at that moment. Yeah. And then how great was that? We don't see a lot of slow mo in Star Wars movies. I think there was a little in The Force Awakens, but in George Lucas's Star Wars, there's no slow mo. No. no, God no. That moment where they're like igniting their blades and all the the first order, I want to call them Imperial Guard so sure, bad. Sure, They all come to life with their cool weapons, their martial arts weapons or whatever. Dude, I was like, I've always wanted to see something like this in my brain. Yeah. That whole yeah, was- action sequence of Ray and 
Kylo Ren fighting those guards is some of the most badass saber shit I've ever seen. Yeah, it do really. You, do you yeah, guys that, agree? Oh yeah, I definitely. was I was blown away. I was like, like oh, and that one guy, he's got his little electron. I don't know what this electric blade. It looks like in, a. It looks like a, a a giant blade that actually has the like, the the. the, the a, a, bl- a force blade in front of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's got he spiked her saber and he's pulling her towards him mm. somehow, and she's just like trying to pull away. And also, I love Ray in the scene because she's full on going like yeah and like stabbing dudes and stuff. Yeah, so cool. And you know, there's three guys attacking Kylo Ren at once, and oh man, that whole scene—that's a scene that you know I'll watch over and over again because it's just so awesome the way it builds to it. And uh, they also do the Star Wars thing they always do. Right at the cool scene, cuts away <laughs> yeah. where uh, Captain Phasma's like uh, blasters will be too easy on them. Let's you know, let's and decapitate the same them. Blade. Yeah, let's yeah. decapitate them. They've got the it's same like, on my mark, and she's like raising it's, it. It's like a hot razor wire, but yeah, but, but it's the and you even see like it a, singe some of Rose's hair. It's like yeah, it's it's. It's like the, the lightsaber, just really yeah. thin wire version. And it's so they're about to get executed. Cut to every all the resistance ships being blown to bits. They're uh, Leia and Poe. They're just lucky it hasn't hit theirs yet. And he's like, "Faster!" By the way, he's they've told him we're trying to get to that planet right there. It's an old rebel base that's fortified. If we could just get there, we could hold them off. And that's where they're trying to get. Uh, so Laura Dern's character's like, you know what? Screw this. She turns her ship and points it at the she Snoke thinks ship. She's going to die anyway because she's yeah. just leading them off. And then even one point, the guy's like, the hyperdrive is firing up on that ship right there. And uh, Hux is like, oh, pay it no mind. They're just trying to trick us. And he's like, yeah, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was before that because he, he said it's turning. He's like, uh, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, they're trying to trick us. There's nobody on that ship. So I love when she fires it up and she... How cool is that sequence where she crashes? I mean, the, uh, after uh, Ray and uh, Ben Solo, they fight off the guys. Uh, by the way, how great was that when she throws the saber to him and he ignites it just for a second to go through the dude's head? Yeah. Did everyone in yeah. the theater, Bill, you go, yeah, and they start clapping? Huge clapping, yeah. When Snoke dies, everybody clapped. And then when that saber part happened, everybody clapped. Uh, it was pretty freaking awesome. And you're just like, and then Ray thinks, okay, we've got to save the resistance now. Call off the fires. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't need any of that. We we don't need the Sith. We don't need the Jedi. We don't need this war. Just join me. And I think we'll take over and we'll rule the universe. Yeah, I think he's like, no, no, no. Ray, I've got this whole army. We can do whatever you want. Forget your friends. He just wants to be in control now, right? Right. I think. I mean, some of uh, his motivation is puzzling to me. I don't even know if he knows what he wants, but he knows that he wants to be in control and in power, right? Yeah. And he wants Ray to join him to become his. A la Anakin and Padme. Yeah, but that does was... he want them to both be badass he... uh, force wielders, just uh, just exacting their toll on the entire galaxy? What does he want? Do you think? I honestly, I don't think he knows what he wants. He's yeah. a child. Yeah. Oh boy, does he act like a spoiled brat in this part of the film? 
Because uh, it's funny because Raven goes, no, 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 don't do this, please. You're just embarrassing yourself, basically. <laughs> and she goes for the saber and he goes for the saber. And it's like floating there and they're trying to grab it. And then they friggin' break it in half, which was kind of like very Excalibur-y, kind of the sacred blade kind of thing. Yeah. Did you get that, Bill? Kind yeah, of it was. Uh, think of how much that lightsaber has been through. How many youngling it's carved up. <laughs> uh, so but, many younglings. Uh, how many droids has that thing killed? But anyway, uh, so Laura Dern shoots her ship at light speed through Snoke's ship. That whole sequence, just describe it, but what did you think of that? Um, that was so beautiful. <laughs> like, it was horrifying, but beautiful. You could hear gasps in the audience because it was so quiet. Like, <gasps> But Whoa. when it hit, it it hit with such force or whatever. But it just it, tore it, it in half. Like, those and the other ships. Yeah, all crashed. the ships around it just... <laughs> It's like a lightning bolt. Right. And I got to say, Laura Dern, she had a very small part in this movie. That one sequence was just like, damn, that was awesome. She saved yeah. the day by that one act of bravery, didn't she? She did. I mean, it was, and it was such a cool, cool way to go. <laughs> and I love it. And cut to everybody's unconscious on the ship. Yeah. You know, I love Flynn wakes up to being dragged by Rose. She's pulling him away. And then here come Phasma and the troops. And I love the whole Finn versus Phasma little fight there. I thought that was awesome. And also cut to the, the, the ATST where it's shooting at them. And then it's revealed that it's BB eight inside. And he's got the two little wires and they're like, what? <laughs> That's when I was like, dude, BB eight is called murdering dudes. I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, he is. I know battle droids do it, but this is a little BB eight unit. And he's like killing first order guys. I thought that was awesome. I love BB eight. And I actually, I, I love the moment where, you know, he gets the jump on Phasma and cracks her helmet. By the way, I thought it was cool because we heard in when The Force Awakens that her armor was blaster proof. I remember reading that, but we never see it in the movie. But seeing Rose shoot her and the blasters go, I thought that was cool to give us that because... But when he, you can see Brienne of Tarth's eye right there, Bill. <laughs> and she goes, you always were scum. And he goes, rebel scum. I was like, oh, yeah. I like yeah. that. There's one moment later in the movie where I actually, the first time I saw it, I went, yeah, like that with a fist. And I kind of felt dumb after I did it. But, I, but I'll tell you guys what that is. But uh, so they escape just in time. And I love the moment <laughs> It's a great moment where Snoke's body's in pieces and you see Hux is just standing over it like, what the hell happened? No, he walks in and it falls apart. Yeah, it it, he's up. looking at it. And it falls kind of, yeah, it continues falling. Fall over, and he sees Kylo dead and he starts to reach his gun. He's like, I'm going to put this effort out of his misery. And then he wakes up and he's like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so close. And he's like, the Supreme Leader is dead. And then he force chokes me. He goes, long live the Supreme Leader. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this is my armor. You think I'm going to do it? You say, and then he force chokes me. He goes, well, I guess I am. So, and he goes, we all know where they're going. We need to get there right now. So they're going to this planet, which is a salt planet. They're going to Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. basically, right? Red salt. Red, Red salt. salt. And I love the little crystal wolf things those yeah. were cool salt wolf yeah. cool imagery salt of leia standing there against the sunlight that they're waiting i kept for them to thinking come. it was snow because i thought they were like little snow 
wool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, snow and blood. And, it, it's yeah. a pretty sweet looking place. And it's this, oh, I love that it's an old rebel base, like back in the day. Mm-hmm. And all the 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 weird ski ships. By the way, I still don't know what were they trying to accomplish with those ski ships and flying towards the walkers. No idea. Were they just they trying thought to? They had missiles that could go right down the pipe of it. But were they trying to delay them so they could get? They're a... trying to blow out the blow the, up the, the door knocker. Well, whatever I know they Finn, call it. Finn the says. Yeah, Finn says that's uh, Death Star uh, uh, tech. Uh, It'll cut right through this door. What is it? What is it? they call a battering ram? Yeah, it's a battering yeah. ram. They want to stop that. But a sonic battering they're ram. They're riding towards it, and they're just getting cut to ribbons. I was like, what are they trying to accomplish here? You know, I love mm-hmm. we we get you know it's kind of like the Battle of Hoth, but like at the end of the movie, and there's guys in trenches. Did you guys see Gareth Edwards there? Yep. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. It's the new Star Wars lightsaber from Kenner. Inflation required. Batteries not included. You can pretend you have powers when you switch on Kenner's Star Wars lightsaber. Ready to feel the force? Switch on your Star Wars lightsabers. Close your eyes and go. I got it. Me too. Zach, you passed the test. The force is with you. The Star Wars lightsaber, new from Kenner. Balloons not included. Star Wars, you and your children loved it. Now the Earthlings at Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Truly remarkable toys and games for your children. What are you so excited about now? My goodness, the Star Wars TIE Fighter and X-Wing Fighter. Now your children can relive our great space battles or collect our wonderful Star Wars companions with Kenner's Star Wars action figures. R2, it's a little you. Kenner's new radio-controlled R2-D2 anyone can command. Ah, the Star Wars land speeder that moves like it's floating. And here's Kenner's Death Star space station, four floors of action. A trash compactor, too. Yes, R2, that's the Star Wars electronic laser battle, a game of speed, reflex, and reaction. These and other toys and games in Kenner's Star Wars collection are sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the Force be with you and your children. not-so-distant future on a planet called Earth. It's Underoos. Star Wars Boba Fett is here. That means Darth Vader's always near. C-3PO has lots of style. And R2-D2 just makes me smile. Star Wars Underoos are here, yeah! Something out of sight in underwear. Oh, don't be so ridiculous, R2. Underoos are for Earthlings. The Empire Strikes Back, a great movie. Now, a great video game. A movie which challenged your imagination. Now, a video game where the challenge never ends. You saw Luke Skywalker battle the Imperial Walkers. Now, bring the battle home. The Force was with Luke Skywalker. Will it be with you? Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back video game. For your Atari and Sears video game systems from Puppet Brothers. A one-stop beat. 
Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. From Kenner. The Empire strikes back. And Burger King comes through again with our all-new Empire Strikes Back glasses. Collect a different glass for your family each week. Darth Vader, R2-D2 and C-3PO, Lando Calrissian, Luke Skywalker. Buy a regular-sized Coca-Cola at a special price and build your collection. All-new The Empire Strikes Back glasses. Only at Burger King. Kenner's Star Wars collection, each sold separately. Large-sized Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Princess Leia, champion of the rebel cause. With her defender, Luke Skywalker. He can swing him into action on his grappling hook. And load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large-sized action figures. Up to 15 inches tall and ready for action. Large-sized Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately from Kenner. R2-D2, hurry up. Hello, welcome to Burger Show. We'd like a Star Wars poster, please. I knew it. Well, all you do is buy a large serving of Coca-Cola for 49 cents, and the poster's yours. R2, look, it's us. <laughs> R2, I think we'd better leave. Collect all four Star Wars posters only at Burger Chef. For a quick escape on his speeder bike. You won't get away with this, Han Solo. New speeder bike with automatic speed flaps. Action figures each sold separately. Yeah. I've got you now. Bad chance. Bike has got your base. I'm in hot pursuit and gaining. Ha, <laughs> watch this. Open speed flaps and yeah, I'm gonna crash. Biker Scout, you're not all you're cracked up to be. New speeder bike. Action figures sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Return of the Jedi glasses. Four new glasses from the Star Wars saga. Filled with the adventures of Luke Skywalker. The Ewoks. Han Solo. And Jabba the Hutt. Buy a medium or large coat. And a different glass is yours each week for a special price. Collect all four. Return of the Jedi glasses. Now appearing only at... Now, it's here. The excitement, the adventure of a new force at breakfast. We'll call them C-3PO's. New C-3PO cereal from Kellogg's. Twin rings, phase together. For two crunches in every double O. A delicious part of this nutritious breakfast. Now you can experience the taste of Kellogg's C-3PO's. A crunchy new force at breakfast. May the force be with you. Rebo's got the beat, and the band plays on. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Introducing Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately. Play it again, Size. Starring Size Noodles. Droopy McCool on clarinet. Max Rebo on organ. Rebo. <laughs> Dance, Droopy. It's your last solo, Snoodles. <laughs> New Size Noodles in the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. You are needed as a rebel pilot. 
Become one in the Return of the Jedi Death Star Battle Home video game. Your mission, fly Millennium Falcon through enemy force field while battling TIE interceptors. Ultimately penetrate and destroy the Death Star before its completion. But beware, the Death Ray can stop you. Time is running out. Save the Rebels. Play Return of the Jedi Death Star Battle from Parker Brothers. If you can stand the pressure. Be careful! This place is crawling with Biker Scouts! Don't worry, they're not meant for us, you are. From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection, New Wicked W.R. and Princess Nisa, each sold separately. Quiet, Nisa, here comes a Biker Scout! Ayala! Let's go! Yibanga! He's gaining on us! W. Warwick and Princess Nisa each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi collection. Aren't you put that down? Cigarettes are dangerous. No, smoking isn't grown up. It's very foolish. Because it's a dirty habit. It does dreadful things to your lungs and it's very bad for your heart. Well, I know I don't have one, but humans do. And I think we should set a good example. Well done, R2. Please, don't smoke. Midnight. Time for a complete breakfast with my Count Chocula. You can't count, Count. It's time for my strawberry-flavored Frankenberry. Cuckoo. Star Wars stickers! Wow, I've got the spaceship. A collection of Star Wars stickers. One in specially marked boxes of these monster cereals. Star Wars stickers! Come with us now to the green moon of Endor, where the Ewoks are celebrating because Earth kids love their Ewok family hut. We can help the chocolate Skywalker. Hurry, Ewoks. Let's take the wagon, Princess Nisa. The Ewoks save the day. Yay! It's a galaxy of fun. The Ewok Family Hut comes with everything you see here. A Wicked the Ewok toy. New from Kenner. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. To rescue a beautiful princess. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Too short for a stormtrooper. And defend the forces of freedom against the Death Star. Here it comes. The winner of seven Academy Awards, the legendary Star Wars. And we're back! Hello, everyone! We're back with our special Holiday Force Awakens... No, wait. <laughs> we're back with our special Holiday The Last Jedi. By the way, Force Awakens was on TV the other day, or just yesterday, and I was watching it with Heather, and in the opening crawl it says, Luke Skywalker, The Last Jedi in the opening crawl of the movie. So when remember back when people were like, who's the last Jedi? What does this mean? And it's just like, it's Luke. Says it in the... It's Luke. What, what are you guys doing? But they have to have clickbait stories, but guys, we're back and we're near the exciting conclusion of the last Jedi. But I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a great time talking about star Wars with my best friends, Steven and bill. 
Yay! It up here. You guys having a good time? Yes. Yes. So that whole scene, they're on, uh, they're in Utah for this part of the film. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the names of these planets. I remember the casino one's called Canto Bite or something like that. Canto Bite. I do remember this is called Crate, like oh. Crate Dragon, Bill, but it's spelled with a C. But it's the planet Crate, and they're basically trying to keep them from getting in the front door with this thing, and. Uh, See, basically, all those little salt mine things that were the skates had missiles on them. Right, and they were trying to get close enough to shoot to it. shoot right down the middle of the... Right. But my thing was like, what are they doing? All they're doing is just getting picked off right. by the walkers. But I guess they were sacrificing themselves so Leia and the rest of the Resistance could live and get away somehow. There's no way out of that cavern they're in, but there is actually that they figure out. But... There's this moment where I think it's funny. There's a moment where they're driving these junky ships and uh, Poe's foot goes through it. That was pretty good. He's like, oh, God. What? Oh, yeah. And uh, his lesson that Lowe's, uh, Poe's lesson that he's learned in the film was it's not about being a hero and dying this glorious death. It's about living to fight another day. And even Rose says it to Finn. Finn decides he's going to sacrifice sacrifice himself to destroy the battering ram. And Rose says to him, it's not fighting. It's not about fighting the ones you hate. It's about living for the ones you love. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she pushes him out of the way with her ship and she's, uh, she gives him a kiss and, uh, he's like, what? And then she, I thought at that moment, it's like, Whoa, she just died. She's dead. <laughs> What a death scene there. But did you guys feel any kind of romantic kind of chemistry between them? Finn no. and Rose? No. I didn't really. They're kind of like siblings or something, friends. But I didn't. Yeah. She might have feelings for Finn, but I think Finn, right. he's got a lot say. of feelings for Ray. Right. He just mm-hmm. I don't know if he romantically it, loves Ray, but that's all he cares about to a right. point. Um, but there is, here's my yes moment where they're all getting cut to ribbons and Rose is about to get killed. Cause there's a tie fighter right on her. And all of a sudden three tie fighters all get shot at once. And it cuts to the millennium Falcon. It's chewy. And I went, yes, <laughs> like that. And he's like, Wah! like that. And then a, a poor, is like, <laughs> and how great is it when chewy like shoves him off the control panel. But that whole moment I where think they're the superstars, Chewie and the Porgs. I love when uh, Kylo Ren goes, blow that bucket of crap out of the sky. And he's like, every fighter on that ship. And uh, Poe's like, or no, Finn is like, they hate that ship because all, <laughs> all the TIE fighters go after the, the Millennium Falcon. That whole sequence of in the salt caverns flying through was just I love that. That's one that's one of my favorite sequences in the movie when yeah. the Millennium Falcons flying around there and uh Ray's shooting them down and uh Chewie's doing the piloting. It's just fantastic. That whole uh Millennium Falcon sequence was incredible. Yeah, it was it. and it just the it was beautiful. It really just the the red crystals and the um I love the the rapport between Chewie and uh, Ray. Yeah, uh, with the, like getting too close to the wall, and it was just yeah, it was it was really well handled. And I love that you know. Oh, and the 
Porg flying against the cockpit windshield. It's like, like that. I laughed out loud at that. I love that. Yeah, that was hilarious. If I see any asshole complaining about Porgs, I'm just like, you have no heart, man. You're a heartless person (laughs) because the Porgs are awesome. And that sequence is. Yeah, the Porgs is how you handle a creature like that. Yeah, they're, like, it's not Jar Jar, it's not talking or anything, it's just there with Chewie. You know, Chewie's yeah. got companions, he's got Porgs driving him crazy. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious when you think about it. Because Chewie's alone now, he has, doesn't have Han anymore, so he's surrounding himself with these birds. It's kind of funny. I And I totally want there to be Porgs all over the Millennium Falcon in the next film. Yes, it needs to be a Porg a tribble, ship. Tribbled. <laughs> yeah. Just totally like, God, they're everywhere. There's like nests all over the place. That would be great. Like, I would even want Ray to say, He's become an old porg lady. Yeah, Chewie, you've got to do something with these birds. (laughs) It's like not taking an an animal to another country because it infests it. Yeah, they infest other planets that they go to. Like, all of a sudden, there's porgs all over all the other planets. Porg epidemic. (laughs) I love it. So, the door cuts open and they're going to land and come inside, right? But then, who shows up but Luke Skywalker, Bill? What did you yeah. think of this moment when you first saw it? I mean... I was like, he got a haircut. Were you fooled by anything that was going on? Because I certainly oh, was. I was. completely fooled. I was, I was too. totally fooled. I was like, I was just in the moment, like, oh my god, yes. Luke is there. How did, that- I don't know how he got off Akatui. Oh, by the way, back on that planet, you could see his X-Wing submerged right. underwater. Uh-huh. Did you notice there's another part where Ray is walking by the ocean? You see this giant tail come out and go under the water. There's like this giant sea creature right there. Did I you guys notice, notice that? that yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, I forget what it was. There's a certain part where she's walking. You just see in the ocean this like giant thing go up and go back under the water. It's a cool detail. Oh, but cool. So Luke shows up and he apologizes to Leia and he gives her the dice from the Millennium Falcon, you know, that were Han Solo's. The baby dice. Yeah, I love that. And I love when uh, 3PO says, Master Luke, and he just winks at him. (laughs) (laughs) So he, you know, everybody's kind of at a gas, you know, they're like, whoa, it's Luke Skywalker. He's here to save us. What is he going to do? He's going to save us. And he must go out and he goes, I couldn't save him. He can't be saved. And Leia's like, you know, I know it's, he's gone. My son is gone. And uh, Luke goes out there to confront them. But I was thinking, what is he going to do against Mm. all those walkers and stuff? And you would think, you know, any honorable enemy would want to go down there and face him right away. But no, he's like. Focus every gun on that man and fire. And I love the way it's just shooting. And uh, finally Hux is like, okay, that's enough. Everybody sees fire. And Luke walks out of it. Did the theater clap when that happened, Bill? Oh, my God. Yeah. And then it just like burst into like woos whenever he uh, dusted off his shoulder. Yeah, he goes, like, ain't nothing. And I was like, whoa, what Jedi trickery is this that Luke is doing? (laughs) This is awesome. Were you like wondering what kind of Jedi powers he was using because we've already seen leia do something we've seen nobody else do so obviously luke has learned some kind of trick he's doing right yeah exactly but one thing i noticed when i was like huh something's off here because he has his old lightsaber which was ray's lightsaber that we've seen break in half how does he have that Mm. does he have an identical saber 
I was really, I was kind of like, huh, why doesn't he have his green saber? But I, what I didn't know is they're actually cluing us in on something's off. We're yeah. supposed to notice that, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the darker hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I figured he dyed it on the way there or something, you know? <laughs> he, got a, he got a cut and a dye. He, I, you know, I he knew stopped by was up him. with that when he was... His hair was nice and combed, and but I love that he his says beard was dark. He says, "Everybody, hold on! I'm going to go down there and face him." And Hux is like, "What? This is you know, you're getting caught up." And he's like, "Like force him against the wall, knocks him out." That's people love when Hux gets thrown around. So that was a great audience moment. <laughs> um, so Kylo Ren comes down there to face Luke, and I love you know. I've really gotten used to Kylo's saber. I think it looks pretty badass how he's like aiming it and stuff, you know? And if you notice, I didn't notice at the time when I was first watching it, but Luke is never connecting sabers with him. He's just dodging all of his attacks. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. He's just like, and he's just like pissing him off, annoying him. And, you know, saying that he's like, I failed you. Oh, I love, he says, are you here to say sorry? And he's like, are you here to turn me to the good side? And he's like, Nope. <laughs> that was a great moment there. And that's when Poe realizes, I think he's, he's basically stalling them so we can get away guys. We need to get out of here. And they discover all the crystal wolves have escaped out the back. And that's when it cuts to Ray and Chewbacca looking for them. But then, uh, you know, he does that cool matrixy. I am sorry. I thought of the matrix when he goes and Luke like did the back bend, <laughs> but it was awesome though. Wasn't it? It was perfect. Yeah. And then when Luke goes, if you strike me down, you know, he does the OB one thing and I go, no, 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 I don't, don't do this. Don't, don't kill Luke right here. I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking that too, Bill? Yeah, I was. I was like, I was. I could feel. I felt the same dread that I felt when Han stepped out on that bridge in The Force Awakens. Oh, like, I was man. like, I was like, God damn it! Like, it's not. I. God damn it! Like, it's like, don't do this. I immediately started thinking of that that meme that was on Facebook, like that people are going to lose their shit if Luke Skywalker dies too, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. They, they are, they're going to do it. They're going to do, gonna do it. Damn it. <laughs> like, and he, he cuts Luke in half and he turns around and Luke's still standing there. And he's like, what? And, and immediately I was thrown off because we've seen Le- Leia survive mm-hmm. some heinous shit. So maybe Luke's doing something like, I don't know. And then he sticks his saber through him and he's just standing there. And I love how, uh, I for- does Luke say something there to him? I forget. Oh, he goes, you know, you're going to die today. You were the last Jedi. And he goes, no, I'm not the last Jedi. There's another or something like that. And it cuts mm. to Ray and she's making all the rocks float out of the way so they can escape. I thought that was a great moment. Finn and Ray reunite for the first time. Uh, they escape on the Falcon. Great stuff. But uh, when Luke fades away. They cut two back to the Well, I like, that he says, I'll, I like that he says, I'll see you around, kid. Yeah. And he fades away. And he's like, ah! he's like so pissed off that he got totally duped. You know, Kylo Ren did. He basically made to look like an ass. What I wanted Kylo to see, Ren is a big dummy. I wanted to, to cut back on the ship and Hux go open fire. And they just blast Kylo Ren to hell. Right there. They, yeah. If Hux had any brain whatsoever, that's exactly what would have happened. But then I was thinking he was probably unconscious on the ground when he threw him up. against the wall. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. 
But I love when he's like, take me down there. And Hux is like, you're getting a little caught up taking this two per and he slams against the wall and the guys, yeah, we'll get you down there. And he's just like, sure enough, sir. <laughs> Cause they're all afraid of him. Cause he is a scary, petulant child with incredible abilities. Yeah. But it cuts to Luke on the planet. And he's basically, I was thinking he's basically astral projecting onto that planet, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's using all of his might, you know, he's sweating. He looks exhausted, but the audience clapped where we were. They cheered. Oh yeah. Same here. That Luke totally duped him. And I didn't realize what was coming next though, but I, I didn't either. When Luke looks out to the twin sons on the planet he's at, there were two sons, right? Yeah. Or a son and a moon. There were two things there. That there we were two seeing. things. I don't know if it was two moons. I, I think there sons. was only one, and but it was like it appeared as two. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was. It was supposed to take us back to Luke and Tatooine, kind of a moment, yeah, right? And it did. And the you know the music swells, and we realize Luke is becoming one with the Force, and he fades away. And I was like, no. Yeah, I was so pissed. I was just so sad. I was destroyed. I had to grapple with that all night long until I saw it again and I had accepted it. But I was like, no. And then I was like, well, he'll be a blue glowy in the next one. He'll still be there, you know, to (laughs) give Ray Ray. to help Ray out and stuff. But still, it was just like, oh, man. Yeah. But he did, if you think about Luke it... Luke and Yoda fighting as Ghost in the... <laughs> we all wanted to see Luke with his green saber kicking some ass, didn't we? Yeah. We didn't get I that. I was so excited whenever, like, we... But there was going to be... This was it. This was the fight. This is... Yeah, Luke. Yeah, and, yeah I mean, but it wasn't what we were supposed to get. And that's what this entire film was. It was just... Every every time you thought you were going to get something, you got the exact opposite. Yeah, it wasn't like you've seen... There were moments in this like, okay, we've seen this before. This is like the beat from this movie, but it always turned out differently. It like turned it on its head. You know, the, the throne room or all that stuff that was like Return of the Jedi or the moments that were like Hoth or whatever. It was... It all turned out differently. And uh, it ends with a message of hope where... Uh, Luke even says, this isn't the end of the resistance. This is the beginning of the resistance. This isn't the end of the war. This is the beginning of the war. And I'm not the last Jedi. There's the beginning of the Jedi, the new Jedi or whatever. I guess, you know, his lessons to Ray were the Jedi, the new order. We can't make the mistake of the old Jedi where they let everything sit. What will Ray is different than Luke. She's not afraid. She's not running on fear. I don't think she's afraid of anything. Is she? No, she's not afraid. Because when she was supposed to be afraid in that cave, she wasn't. She said that, you know, she was calm. She had, there was nothing, it didn't scare her. Another way, we got to get to the point where he, Kylo Ren says, admit it, you know who your parents are. They were nobodies. They were just junkers, drunk junkers that left you there. And But you still don't know for sure. I, I think that might be what he believes. And in fact, he may have had a vision of who the two people who left her there. They might not have even really been her parents. We don't know. I honestly don't think it matters much. Nope, doesn't. And uh, knowing J.J. Abrams, who's doing the next film, probably won't even answer that because he likes things to be mysterious. But I could very easily, I remember in The Force Awakens, he hears... She hears the voice of Obi-Wan saying, these are your first steps, whatever. 
Maybe she's the distant niece or cousin of Obi-Wan Kenobi, possibly. But yeah. to have Force abilities in the Star Wars universe, you don't have to be related to some main character. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. It doesn't... Yeah, that's not how it works. This isn't... The Skywalker story is over. Yes. Well, or it will be in the next film, I guess, with yeah. whatever happens to Kylo. But there's a point where Ray is kind of... She's like, I don't understand. What do we do? There's so few of us. How do we build rebuild the resistance and she puts her leia puts her hands on ray and she goes we have all we need right here meaning her Mm -hmm. right the one thing that made me sad is this is our final carrie fisher performance in anything yeah and i was just in the back of my head how are they going to handle the leia character because i don't want them to kill her character off in the next film like oh she died you know I don't think they should. The easiest thing to do would be her commanding from a distance and they just mention her. Like, Leia told us we need to do this. Kind of like the Laura Dern character where she was a badass and nobody had heard, you know, nobody, they didn't see her before. Right, right. It's just someone you mentioned. Or they could recast her, a different actress taking over. They're not going to recast her. They'll, they'll, I mean, they, they had to have used some of that Rogue One tech during this. To get some of those. Well, scenes. I think. Well, they had said that her. She was done filming this film. Oh, okay. All right. They were. They were done with the principal photography, so they were huh. good to go. I'm just talking about episode nine. Uh, well, I don't know what. How, the, how will they handle her then? But the final. I love when Ray looks over and she sees Finn now has somebody with Rose. He's really concerned. Did you notice Rose has the same beat that Finn did in the last movie? She ends the movie unconscious in a yeah. coma. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Finn did. It's like, oh, you get the coma roll now, honey. But the final shot where all the main characters are there, the good guys. Did you notice R2-D2's got a porg standing on his head? Yep. <laughs> I want to see in the next film, like the Ewoks, the Porgs come in and swarm some baddie at one point. He's like, oh, shoo, shoo, like Hux or something. I think the Porgs are going to take down the First Order. Yeah, do you notice the Porgs have teeth? They don't have beaks. They have these little tiny teeth. Can you see them just biting all over Hux? And I'm like, and then they cut to a skeleton. They're all like picking their teeth. It's like, holy shit, they're like piranha, man. Yep, chomp, chomp. That would be awesome. Piranha penguins, porgs. Well, guys, that was The Last Jedi. And uh, I got very misty when it said, in remembrance of our princess, Carrie Fisher. I was just like, oh. Yeah. And I saw some stupid article. It says, there's no Marvel-like clip at the end, so don't sit through the credits. You don't have to. I was like, you're an idiot. There was never yeah, been I a mean, clip at the end of a Star Wars movie. Why would there no. be? And that's not why you sit through credits for bonus material, you dumbass. It just yeah, made exactly. me piss me off. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Wow. So, Bill, what? Give me your thoughts. What did you think of uh, the Last Jedi? I, I mean, I loved it. You know, I, I we left and we were exhausted. It was three a.m. and um, it's a long movie. It's a long it movie, is. but it doesn't feel long. Yeah, I would say, you know, I the second night I saw it, because a lot of anxiety I have about Star Wars movies, what's going to happen? What's going on? Or, you know, uh, what, 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 you know, is Luke, what, what's Luke going to do? All that was washed away for the second viewing, and I could enjoy it more. And I, I loved it even more the second time. Yeah, it seemed short because I, I still had some of my drink left. And those, the little bottle I had isn't a lot of liquid. <laughs> and I was like, 
was this really that long? You know, we looked at the clock when I got in my car. I'm like, holy I'd crap. I'd say the pace was even better the second time because I didn't have any of that anticipation or anxiety mm, anymore. That the, makes sense. The movie flowed so much better the second time. I really was, okay, when are Ray and Luke getting off this planet? When are they going to jump into action? What's going to happen? I was just like very yeah, impatient. Like, is it going to end now? Is it oh, is Snoke's dead? Is it, oh, I mean, is, is it? And I remember yeah, yeah. like after they, they get, after the big, uh, Snoke ship thing happened. I go, well, the movie's about to end. I go, no, wait. Remember in the trailers, there was an Imperial Walker part with the uh, little ski ships? Oh, they got to have that. And I'm just like, Jason, just chill out, yeah. okay? Yeah. I was like a little kid at Christmas. When are we going to open our present? When are we going to open our present? He's like, <laughs> dude, chill. But I was like, it was I- It was kind of bizarre how meditative it was for me that, you know, I I, I took a pee before I went in. And then I made a mistake of getting the largest size refillable <laughs> drink and um, drank it before we went in and then refilled it and then sat back down and sipped at it the entire oh, time. You refilled so, like, it? Oh, yeah. So what? like mid through, midway through the movie, I had to pee so bad. Oh, no. And then I just kind of like did like a force mind trick where I just lasted. You don't need to pee, Bill. No, you, you don't. It's <laughs> not the bathroom you're looking for. <laughs> like I um, and I just it. I zoned out. Like I was just like I don't. I don't actually have to pee. I mean, I'm. This is this is fine. This is perfectly fine. And um, so once once the credits rolled and I ran out and hit the bathroom. I think I was there for like the actual running length of the film. <laughs> At the urinal. Like, I never thought it would end. Were you like, gangway? Yeah, it was, yeah, well, thankfully, it was, you know, it was two in the morning, three in the morning, and it was easy access. Um, But, uh, yeah, I was so worried, because that's the thing in New York, is, like, waiting in line to actually use the bathrooms at places. I I love the score so much in this one. There's that one theme. I think it's where they're preparing on crate with that bomb, 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 bomb. And also, yeah. did you notice in the the fight over the thing where they show the the Falcon and Ray's firing the gun? They did the dun 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 from the original Star Wars, and I was like, dude, yes! It was so mm-hmm. awesome. They, you know, came back to that music. We got to hear Yoda's theme, Leia's theme, Luke's theme. Uh, I love Ray's theme. Just all of that incredible music. It was so cool how they all, you know, it all was in there. It was just amazing. Yeah, it was. It was really, really just perfect, pitch perfect. And I, like, immediately whenever I got home, I was like, "So when are they releasing this on vinyl? Because I want it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're already getting, like, like on pre-order on Amazon for the movie. Yeah, they've got well, you can stream the score and you can buy it in MP3 and you can get an audio CD. You but want vinyl, baby? Yeah, I want. Yeah, I think is it a Target exclusive? I don't know. It's just but, weird. I'm trying to find it. It's funny, like uh, once the star, you know, the Star Wars movies come out at Christmas now. And this one's gone. It's now like now it's like kind of blown over. I've seen it, and it's like, oh my god, Christmas is like next week. I gotta start buying presents or do something. We haven't even put up our tree yet, Stephen. <laughs> I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah. I've I told, promised Heather I'm putting it up tomorrow. I, like I have to. 
But we don't have anything here to decorate, so we're not doing you, anything. You could get I one of those like tiny trees, like Charlie at Walgreens or something. And I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm too tired to give. I a told shit. Heather I was like, I want two things for Christmas. I want socks and Brigsby Bear on Blu-ray. I think I'm good. When I when I had my roommate Dave, uh, he had a wooden cutout of a tree that was painted. Oh, nice! And we lean that up against the wall. I, I like that. <laughs> we need something like that. It's such a pain in the ass. They um, there's a place. So uh, where I work is off of um, Riverside Drive in 86 in like Midtown. Well, not Midtown, but like Upper Upper West Side, actually. And um, so I'll walk down uh, 86th to uh, like Broadway to get uh, something to eat at like Hot and Crusty or run to the Dwayne Reed and get a Red Bull or something. And there's a guy selling Christmas trees right out front of the Dwayne Reed and it says gluten free christmas trees huh and yeah that's how they sell and they're beautiful trees but it's like how would you know how would i actually i have no way of actually getting a tree into the apartment mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that's really weird about living in the city and not having a, a, a like a form of personal transportation is shopping you have to seriously consider how much you're buying, what you're buying, and how you're going to get it home. And uh, unless you order groceries and have them delivered, so that's it's. I have no idea how I would actually get a tree here, and there's no place to store it, so we probably won't do anything. Nice. I mean, you know, it's it's just a symbol. You know, you don't need that. Yeah. You know what? You know, this week maybe I'll. Stop by Rockefeller Center and look at the tree. Ooh, and be like, hey, Rockefeller look Center. That's so cool that you can yeah. do that now. Yeah, right? How I much better is Brooklyn than Columbus, where you oh were my, living? Oh, my God. I mean, come on. If I wanted to, I could go down the street to you know a bodega that's open 24 hours and get a, an, an awesome sandwich or, you know. I like that get, bodega. Yeah. The, you must go to bodega. You must, <laughs> you must go to bodega. There's a place <laughs> called Brooklyn's Natural Deli, like right down the corner. It's open 24 hours. You can go in there and pretty much get anything you want. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's fun. It's The Prospect Park is beautiful, and the city's cool. And But, you know, it's I haven't had any time to really enjoy it. You know, the, today I submitted my last paper for this semester, and it's – um, is it has been three classes and work full time for you know since we since we came here. So it's just I can actually breathe a little bit now and not always have something in the back of my head that something's due for at least a couple weeks. And then I think the new se- new semester starts up sometime in January. But I will not be doing a full fifteen credit hour semester next semester. Oh, that's I'll good. do like I'll do like three classes, like nine credit hours or something like that. Well, I'm glad so, that you know, like I know, like you're busy and stuff. That we could always come together and talk about Star Wars. You know, it's like our yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, and I'll be able to do more now. You know, now that I know, you know, on Fridays I get off like you know around like five or six, and it's about an hour to get home on the train. But you know, there's really not a whole. You know, I, I'm not a social drinker or anything like that. So I don't really hang out that much with 
this you know and you honestly you don't want to be in manhattan on a friday night so mm-hmm. i just come home to brooklyn and i'll be able to record more shows here oh, shortly i would love that yeah so i'll i'm i'm getting back into it i'm starting to find my rhythm it's just it's really difficult it's a for lot somebody. of change in a lot in a very short amount of time that you yeah i mean whenever whenever we first became friends you know i was 700 plus pounds in my bedroom alone playing star wars galaxies mm-hmm. you know it was like i had that's all i had like i mean you saved my life essentially you, you pulled me out of you know this this depressive spiral by you know with star wars and friendship yeah and I'm, it, I'm glad that we met because yeah and it i definitely needed you in my life when i met you and yeah I think that I think that's you know just the force or fate itself that, yeah. that kind of brought us together at that time in our lives. Well, just, and, I was a stay-at-home, you know, a stay-at-home dad with an infant, like every day of the week, and you were the person I had to talk to. Like you and yeah. I, you and I would talk every day about whatever every about movies day for hours on end. We would, you know, it was just it was our outlet. It was our, you know, mm-hmm. and it it meant so much, and it it still means so much to this day. And you know, it's the the evolution in the in the you know ten plus years of our friendship from from you know a bedroom in Columbus to the the process and the the evolution that all three of us have gone through yeah uh it's just it's staggering like the fact that i'm sitting in my own apartment in brooklyn is mind-blowing to me right now <laughs> i know like it's it's shocking that i've 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 been able to do this like this is i never would have thought that something like this would have happened and I know. it's uh, amazing I'm, I'm, I'm so i'm so proud of you and so happy for you you know, and, and and I appreciate that. I really do. And it's like I this entire process has been so difficult for me because, you know, separating myself from the show has been so hard because yeah. of you know that that it always has been there. That's my outlet. You know, that's my that's that's the creative and the, and the, the the connection that we have that we're able to geek out for a couple hours on a friday night yeah and you know that's the recentering that's our car catharsis that's our, our you know that's our our therapy totally uh, and um to not have that has been so difficult yeah and for and me and too it's been hard to do the show without you or trying to find an identity with the show yeah. without you because you're such yeah. a huge part of it Oh, and I, I I appreciate that so much. Well, I'm, I was I'm so happy that now I'm fi- I'm finally in a place, and that you know I'm finally finding my my footing, and then it's like now life can resume. Yes, like this this is it. It's you know it's the, the the turbulence is still there, but it's not as intense. And now it's like I'm just so excited. Like one of my friends that I met at work. Um, she's a wonderful lady. Uh, her husband is a writer, and you know they've. She the fact that she has met. She is on a first name basis with the Holy Cornetto Trio: uh, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of famous people that live in Brooklyn. Yeah, too. well, yeah, and she, you know, and I was like, what? Like, like and she was like, yeah, I, you know, Simon, and I was like, oh yeah, my you know god! Like, so now it's like now in my in my head, the gears are turning. Like, 
how do I get them on the show? Oh man! How do I? How do, <laughs> oh I, how do we? How do we? Act? Could you imagine if like I actually pulled this off and was like, okay, Stephen, Jason, come to New York. We're doing an interview. My apartment. <laughs> well, I like, want to be like. Here's our thoughts on the Last Jedi. We got Stephen, Bill, and Simon Pegg. Hey, yeah, I know, right? We just <laughs> talk like, about the movie just like we just did. Now we don't ask yeah. him about any personal stuff. We just ask him no, about the movie. Yeah, stuff. exactly. I want. I could yeah. never be. I'm always feel weird around celebrities. I could never ask them like, or can you sign this? It's like I no. can't do that. But I would love to just talk about them, talk to them about something, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's and you know that's happened to me, uh, just being in New York and seeing celebrities. You know, that's a this is a thing now. The mm-hmm. you know um, walking down the street and seeing the comedian John Mulaney. Or, oh wow, um, that's being, Emma loves John Mulaney. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, and or you know, hopping on the subway and sitting next to Kate McKinnon, or oh, wow, um, going into a um, a high end bodega and seeing Robert De Niro, or you know, just like it's you must go to bodega. I'm sorry, I can't yeah. stop doing that. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> but the fact that it's called a bodega just is still to me. It's like you know, it's a Seven Eleven. I would name a, my bodega the. Dega bud bodega. Dega bud bodega. No, absolutely. It's like whenever I was in school, I had to make a decoupage, and I called it, and I made it out of uh, a bunch of Dagobah scenes, and I called it the Dagobah decoupage. Like I just, that's that's the way our heads work. <laughs> it would well, be a completely Star Wars themed bodega. Well, we've got two voicemails, one from Ken and one from Adam. What do you say we play these real quick and we get out of here and. Uh, uh, go see Star Wars again. What do you say? Yes. All right. Uh, my next one is is I have to go see it at the IMAX in Lincoln Square, the only true IMAX screen in New York. Nice. I bet it's. I bet that's a good theater. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to doing that. All right. Here we go. This is Ken's voicemail. Everybody. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. It's me, Ken Preventure, calling. And hey, Ken. With my my wife. Huh. Say hello. Huh? Hello. Now we did. We decided to record a voicemail for you folks in celebration of the new Star Wars movie. I guess in preparation for the new Star Wars movie. Because if you remember, uh, last year we did a... Or no, we remember. Ago, we did a special thing where we watched yeah, all the original six Star Wars movies before The Force Awakens and recorded our reactions to that. Well, we thought we'd now make a recording because... You know, last night was the world premiere, the Los Angeles premiere of The Last Jedi. And it was done at the Shrine Auditorium right next to the University of Southern California, where you and I both got our degrees, correct? That's right. So they had this great event last night to premiere the film. And we did not go to that. (laughs) <laughs> but we did stay home, and we watched for the first time 2008's The Clone Wars. Oh, wow. Or at we least watched we the watched Clone the first Wars? 20 minutes of The Clone Wars. We watched 20 minutes of it. <laughs> which, the we, movie. Which, we, which we've never seen before. Yeah. The animated one. The, yeah, yeah, it the was animated. the movie, because that came out before... No, the, well, there was a series in 2003 I never right, saw. Right. And then they came out with a movie in 2008, and then mm. there was a new series. Mm. So this is kind of the 2008 movie before the new series, mm. but it's all the Clone Wars. Mm. Uh, but we never saw the 2008 Clone Wars before. Mm. So 
hey, <laughs> instead of watching The Last Jedi, we watched The Clone Wars. And um, what'd you think, honey? Honestly, I don't remember what it um, <laughs> what it was about. I, 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 but I remember my two favorite characters um, are in there. Uh, Master Yoda and... Mm. Um, Yoda. Yoda and the Darth Vader before he becomes right. the Darth Vader. Right. right. That's yeah, Anakin Skywalker. Right. Okay. And um, I guess they're not my favorite characters, but it did have some cool sound effects, and I do appreciate the sound effects of Star Wars. Mm. Um, I don't really remember much about the story, or uh, there was another character there, a, a Padawan girl who was with the pre-Darth Vader, Darth Vader, mm. and I guess they had a banter going, almost like a romantic comedy, but you know that he's in love with uh, Natalie Portman. What's her character's name? I don't remember. Okay. Well, I don't remember the Padawan's character name either. Mm. Um, we don't really remember much about this, do we, from no, last night? No, not really. <laughs> oh, you guys are you really into it. Keep seeing... Well, hey, the way the I show. see it, the way I see it, if it was The Last Jedi that we watched and not The Clone Wars, I think we'd be so much more excited about it. I think just the fact that it's the new one, the new Star Wars that has everyone excited about it. I'm not. But it could it could suck just as hard as The Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, they I needed to just do a Star Wars podcast where they talk about how they can't wait, remember wait, what, what happened. What? Wait, what? You're not gonna see the new Star Wars movie with me, don't you remember? We saw, we saw the last one, right? The Rogue One. We did, we did. Okay, I'm going and, to see and it with you. Do, do you remember that movie, the Rogue One? Not much. The Rogue One. Okay. There's, there's the girl, and she's yeah. supposed to be a Jedi, and no, no, she's no? not supposed to be a Jedi. <laughs> no. What's she supposed to be? Uh, she's like a, a, a she's a. She becomes a rebel, but oh. she's like a fighter. She's not. Oh. A I want Ken to make his wife read oh, okay. Wikipedia no. so, just with so all the Star Wars okay. info. No, I don't really, really remember much of that either, or the one before that. Oh, we're not really good fans of Star Wars, are we? <laughs> oh my goodness! The fans? I think no, I because they bad. can they cannot be disappointed. They will love it. Oh, okay. Like I said, if the clone, if last night mm. they showed the Clone Wars mm. at USC mm. for the world premiere, mm. uh, people will say it's it's the greatest thing since Citizen Kane. No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, well, okay, guys. So that's our special report on right. the world premiere of um, the Last Jedi, which we did not go to see, but we did watch the Clone Wars, and you heard our reaction. Um. Well, I'm gonna watch the Last Jedi. Look, she's already walked away. She's not even. She's she's out of the conversation already. There's no interest whatsoever. But I will see the Last Jedi, and I will look forward to telling you uh, what what I think of that. All right, guys. Uh, great to talk to you again. And I'll check. I'll see you later. Bye, Bye. now. Bye. Thanks a lot, Ken. It's either raining or they're cooking bacon. What's funny is what I would tell them, it's probably bacon, that the Clone Wars movie they released in theaters is not very good. Oh, uh, no. I tried oh, to watch no. it on Netflix and I lost interest, but the Clone Wars series, which was 20-minute episodes, can be really good. 
So if you just go, the Clone Wars movie sucked, I'm never going to watch any more of these, would be a big mistake. Bill and I used to make fun of these before we watched, sat and watched them. They're really good Star Wars stories that I highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, the movie, though, I've never been able to finish it. It's just, they obviously market it for the ch- child audience, but the ep- TV episodes are way better. So uh, thank you guys so much. I hope you uh, see The Last Jedi and you enjoy it. But the Clone Wars movie, yeah, I agree with you. It's a dud. I'd rather you watch Caravan of Courage, the Ewok movie, instead. Okay, guys, we have one more voicemail. And this is uh, Adam Sexton. He has just seen Star Wars. Let's see what he thinks. All right. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. This is Adam Sexton sending you uh, some voicemail. It's good to know that you guys are recording again, that hopefully all three of you are there to make it and um if it's the last episode of the year then uh thank you again for another year of uh great podcast and content and oh, i look forward to uh what awaits us next year so let's get a couple of items of feedback out of the way first the obvious is the release of star wars the last jedi i recently got out of my second screening of the film, and this was in the IMAX format. This is the first IMAX film that I have seen. Uh, we just, uh, one of our theaters in Fayetteville just had an IMAX uh, screening room uh, nice. built in and Good finished, and uh, Last Jedi was there to basically premiere with it. And I saw the 3D version Saturday afternoon. Uh, I think between the two, I love the uh, the IMAX format better. It just sounds better. It looks better. So um, with that out of the way, the film itself, I am pretty much confident with saying that I think that The Last Jedi is the second best film in the uh, series for me. Nice. And uh, and really, it's because it, it it does so much to push the uh, film forward. Uh, the the narrative. Uh, progression of this series forward and and it alleviated a worry that i had about this trilogy which is that either they're going to play it safe and just keep hearkening back to touchstones from the original trilogy which means that unfortunately it will reside it will be eclipsed by the original trilogy but this one makes points to a future where things are going to be different and that's exciting it means we, I have no idea. We have no idea where this is headed, mm-hmm. and I do not uh, envy the position that J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio have before them in crafting the uh, third, uh, the episode nine. But I can't wait to see it. Uh, Less Jedi just does so much right in terms of character development, in terms of its set pieces, in terms of its way to set up things and then have them pay off and very little if any of it all feels perfunctory or it, you know doesn't or there's something or there's a moment that doesn't land very well all the performances are great uh Laura Dern just man she she just has like so many great moments uh I loved all the new supporting characters like Rose uh Benicio was well Benicio and uh it, it was just so much fun and it was so moving and it just threw me off in enough ways that delighted me instead of, you know, frustrating me. So, um, 
so yeah, I'm some, uh, back here at work, but I'm still kind of jazzed by the whole experience. So looking forward to what you guys thought about it. Uh, second point is uh, in like three or four weeks since y'all last recorded an episode, uh, Justice League came out. And uh, yeah, Justice League. Uh, I'm, no, I'm a big fan be- of the Zack Snyder DC films. And I kind of knew going in that this could be maybe a compromised production of sorts because <laughs> Snyder wasn't there to finish the thing. And I'd say for the most part that the film worked, that it was very enjoyable, and I liked the change into a more lighter direction. And uh, uh, all, all, of the, all of the actors you know, really brought their A game. I, I especially love that Henry Cavill is finally channeling Christopher Reeve, uh, the only bad thing about it was Steppenwolf. I think it was a mistake to completely uh, bury that uh, that actor. I think his name is Kieran Hines. I could be mispronouncing that. Uh, to completely bury him in CGI was a bad idea. And also, not a whole lot of development on Steppenwolf, which usually causes a big problem because I think you know well-developed villains really help out of a film like this. But the interactions between all the characters, the Justice League itself, is strong enough to, you know, it, it over the strengths overweigh the weaknesses. So, um, uh, so the three arc film is done, and DC Films probably needs the makeover by this point. But I'm glad we got. I'm glad I got to see how th- this three f- film arc uh, concluded. So. Um, so that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. Uh, the third thing recently that I've seen is uh, Blade of the Immortal, and this is the new film by Takashi Miike. Uh, it's a samurai film. It's based upon a manga I've never heard of, and uh, it's a it's in limited release right now, but you can rent it on most VOD platforms. I saw it on Amazon Prime last night, and it's just nearly two and a half hours of just bloody samurai action i mean lots of blood lots of gore uh and uh it's beautifully shot and if you're a fan of 13 assassins you'll probably love this one as well so i highly recommend that just in case that film uh skipped your radar uh other than that uh, like I said before, I'm glad that you guys are recording an episode in that time. As this year's concluding, I uh, finally uh, successfully found another place to live closer to work. I should save a whole lot of money based on certain living conditions and proximity to work. And uh, it was, and it's been a rough year for a variety of reasons, frustrating year as well. But I'm glad that you guys keep on uh, working at this and keep on talking to each other and to the community and keep on making episodes. And I want you to definitely do that. And I wish that more listeners of this podcast would chime in and tell Jaystrom he's doing a great job. I try to do my share of that, but uh, (laughs) let's all chip in a little bit about that. So, uh, guys, other than that, I've got to, I've really got to get back to work, but I'm looking forward to hearing your episode. Uh, 
and all the subjects you're going to talk about. And uh, congratulations to Bill and his girlfriend for moving into New York. Hopefully, everything's going to work out for you. And hopefully, all of you are doing fine in good health and your families are doing the same. So, on that note, I'm uh, going to get back to work and sign off. Uh, and thank you guys for this podcast and thank you for the fans who uh, supported uh, so Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and I will check you guys later alright <clears throat> Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you too and it's funny how Justice League just kind of happened while we weren't recording right and you know we did the Thor reaction we didn't really react to Justice League but uh, it I the best description I saw somebody said it was like Frankenstein's movie look look like it been chopped up or whatever i thought it was entertaining but i did think it was like a chaotic mess of a movie but uh you know i'll wait for it to hit thor was better and so was star wars so what are we talking about that movie for that's what i well i'm i'm personally ashamed that natalie and i have not seen thor as one of natalie's closest friends in the world works for the studio that did the costumes for thor and oh, yeah, Conan X. That. What, what's that studio called iron iron ironworks i don't iron something i don't know but conan actually did a segment from there Oh yeah, uh, I saw that. He went to get, whenever he did Comic Con, and he got his um, yeah his suit made. Yeah, she had to work on um, Priya had to work on the cod piece with her boss for <laughs> hours, funny. and said it was very awkward. That is funny. Um, you you can watch it when it comes out in 4K. Yeah, I know, right? You're yeah, gonna love I'm, it. It's a great movie. I'm just I want to see it in a theater, but I don't yeah. know it. But I just uh, thank you so much, Ken, and thank you, Adam. Thank you guys for sending voicemail. And uh, like Adam said, that I love feedback and I'd love to get more of it. There are times when the show I'm really pumped up and I feel motivated. I want to do episodes of this. I want to do movie specials. I want to do all this. But then because I don't get any kind of feedback, anybody encouraging me, I seriously slip into a depression and lose interest. And it's hard for me to do the show. I like have to build up my inspiration again and then want to do the show. I would love to do the show every Friday again, put all the work into it, do clips and drops and all this. It would be fun. I honestly think there was a period of time when we were doing the show. It was the greatest podcast that was being put out. And I don't even listen to other podcasts to know that for sure. It felt like for me, I was doing something special with my friends and it was. I, I would love to do that again, but I just need a little bit of motivation at times from people, from people who, you know, are you guys liking this? You guys digging this? And that's why people like Adam or Ken or Adam Howard or Ross and, all the other people like Swiley who tell us the, these things. I love to hear from you and it helps immensely. And I just, you know, this year is coming to a close. Uh, we did, you know, we did a lot of episodes, but I really want to do something I'm more inspired by and proud of. And I hope 2018 will get to do that. Hopefully yeah. net neutrality doesn't ruin the show. The lack of net neutrality. <laughs> 
Well, uh, you're going to have to pay for a, a, an extra package to actually listen to this podcast. Yeah, you'll have to pay to use etlandfill.com, but, you know, it'll be real worth it, guys. Yeah. But, but seriously, Bill, it's been so great having you on the show and talking about Star Wars and during the holiday season. It's uh, It's been awesome talking to you guys about this because Star Wars means so much to us. It does. It, it was an awesome kind of our movie. Linchpin. And if you guys remember when The Force Awakens came out, we loved it so much, but there was a lot of negativity about it's just a retread of A New Hope, you know. And now there's people who are bagging on the movie because they don't like that Snoke turned out to be not much of anything, and they don't like that they didn't get the Luke they wanted. But I have to tell you guys that I really think in a few years, or maybe shorter time than that, you'll realize what a good movie it is. And they give you what you needed, not necessarily what you wanted. Yeah, it's an important film. And I can't wait to see what J.J. Abrams does with Episode Nine. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty incredible. I think he might be thrown for a loop. Like, I had all these plans for Snoke. He's going to have, like, a little creature crawl out of Snoke's body, and it was really like a tiny (laughs) parasite thing that was in control. Well, I mean, it's not like Ryan Johnson just went, you know, completely off you know, off the reservation. I mean, this, they have a Bible, they have a a playlist of what needs to happen. And he can take that and get to those points how he wants to. It's like this return of the Jedi Vader kills the emperor. And Luke's like, Oh my God, Vader, Vader's not mortally wounded. And he's like, Luke, now join me. We will rule the galaxy as father and son. And Luke's like, oh, man, I thought you turned to the good side. And he's like, no, I just got that guy off my ass. Now I'm in charge. And that's basically what happened. Like, uh, yeah, it's like Vader's like, I'm in control now, and I'm overtaking the Empire. I can't wait to see what Kylo Ren does with the First Order, and uh, I don't know what his endgame is. He definitely has a connection to Rey. He wants her. And I forgot about that one moment where he looks up at her one last time, and she's on the Falcon looking down at him, and you just see the door go, and cut him off, you know? That was good. She's basically like, I'm done with you. See ya! And I love that. And I love you guys. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa, Bill. Oh, thank you so much. And happy Hanukkah. Yes. And I hope all of your Christmas dreams come true. And you too, Stephen. Me too. Thanks. And I also want to personally thank my wife, Heather Wallstrom, for allowing me to record the show on a Sunday, which I don't think we've ever done before, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to thank her also. Yeah, Yeah, she's been really cool staying out of the living room, probably like, God, when is this? They're talking about Star Wars. It's like 10 minutes show tops, right? Yeah, at this point, we were over the runtime of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we always do that. We did that with The Force Awakens. I was listening back to that episode just to get a feel for it, and it is a lot of fun, but I'm like, Man, we really talk about this movie a long time. <laughs> we really dissected it. But it really was amazing. We can always do that. And uh, I just want to thank you, everybody, for listening to the show, supporting Entertainment Landfill. And I can't wait to do more shows. That's probably our last show for the year. And uh, Bill and Steven, we're going to do some more, right? Yes. More yes, shows in the future. And we're going to figure out, Bill, how you can hear what I'm playing again. Yes, that'll be great. I don't know what happened. <laughs> We'll figure it out. It's all Bill's yeah. fault. 
It's always my fault. <laughs> I was. Were you doing this? He's rusty. Were you doing the show right now on your phone or on a laptop? No, I'm doing it on my laptop with my headset. Oh, okay, I was just like something. Maybe something's different. I don't know. I'll... No, it wasn't different than the past couple times we've done it. So we've had know. this problem before too, right? Yeah, it's stupid. I'll figure it out. Skype. But uh, no, it's not Skype. We're using Facebook. Oh. But guys, it's a tradition, a holiday tradition. I know you guys are dreading this. <laughs> that we listen to he... Oh Holy Night as we do every year on our last show. But I thought, what if we close out the show for everybody with a holy night as we just disappear and we don't have to listen to it? <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so guys, stay tuned for Oh Holy Night. And I just want to tell you guys uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hopefully, 2018 will be way better than 2017. Hopefully. Jesus hopefully. Christ, hopefully. <laughs> but, <laughs> but as long as we stay in our little bubble of uh, entertainment landfill, maybe we'll be safe. We'll right? all be safe here, yeah. And my new goal is to read less Twitter for the year. My New Year's resolution. Way less. Oh, that's a good, that's a good resolution. Yeah, read more books, less Twitter. I gotta get on my books again. You gotta get back into your books. Yeah, back into your I stories. Just, you I gotta just, rack back and forth. Get back in my stories. I just started the body. Ooh, nice. Wait, Ooh. isn't that a short story? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll read that real quick. Come on, that doesn't count. Well, it's going through different seasons. The whole book. Oh, okay. Uh. All right, Bill. What's your New Year's resolution, real quick? Um, not to burn out. Not to burn out. <laughs> But to fade away. It's better to burn out than to fade away. I wonder if I have a drop of that. (laughs) No, I, yeah. Just be productive and um, successful and um, not look a gift horse in the mouth. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, um, this has been a very cool experience and um, looking forward to. Uh, moving you're, forward. It, you're in a new chapter in your book. Yeah. That is your Yeah, life. I am. Yes, I am in a new, <laughs> a new chapter of the book. That is my life. That's pretty written, awesome. Written by me. Be in New York. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Well, guys, yeah. thank you guys so much for listening. And what are you guys waiting for? Listen to Old Holy Night, and we're getting the hell out of here. Happy New Year. Laters. Later. Bye. Oh, Holy Night. Stars are brightly shining. It is the night is. of our dear Savior's birth. <laughs> wow. Long lay the world in sin and error. Yep, that's the spot where you know there's going to be trouble. <laughs> and the soul fails. It's worth. Yeah. Yes. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices.
feels it. I just picture the audience members. God, I hope there's no audience. Bring it down. You know it was. Yes, it was. How does it keep it together? (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part. Anyway. Now this is podcasting. 